The period of civil war has ended. It's definitely an improvement and totally not a lateral move. Join Ambassador Plek Dexeter and his intrepid crew as they explore astounding new worlds, discover their heroic destinies, and meet weird bug creatures and stuff. This is Mission to Zix. Mission to Zix, an improvised science fiction podcast. That's CYXX, launching September 6th. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash big guy. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, or your MP3 player. For you listeners of Conversation with the Big Guy, they're giving a great special deal for a free audiobook, anything you choose, and a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out what their service is all about. Look, kids, you got a book report due? Don't read the book. Just go to Audible, download it, put on a video game, listen to it. You can get books like The Hobbit by J.R. Tolkien. I think I'm saying that right. I should know. I've seen all these movies. But things like that are available. Again, sign up at audibletrial.com backslash big guy. Enjoy the show. Hey, it's Pat Buck here reminding you, asking you, and I'm telling you, sign up for Blue Apron. I'm going to bully you into joining Blue Apron's great fresh ingredient service. What is Blue Apron? Well, for less than $10 per person per meal, you have these delicious meals sent to you each and every week. Things like salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli, pork chops with miso butter and bok choy and marinated apple. They give you a great bok choy. So what you need to do, pick up your phone, go to blueapron.com backslash conversations with an S and you get three free meals with free shipping. You got nothing to lose. Trust me. It's fresh. It's delicious. Step-by-step instructions. Every ingredient is perfectly portioned. It's the way to go. It's the way of the future. So again, you will love how good it feels, how good it tastes. BlueApron.com slash conversations. Enjoy the show. The following advertisement has been paid for by the big guy Ryback. Are you hungry? You know I'm so hungry, big guy. Hey, Mark, what brings you here? Some just here to hang out with my all-time favorite superstar of all time. What brings you here? Well, I'm doing a paid advertisement for Feed Me More Nutrition, available at feedmemore.com. Big guy, that is music to my ears. Do you tell the people about your ice-so-hungry grass-fed whey protein isolate, the best-tasting protein on the market, Wake Up Unlimited Energy, the strongest pre-workout on the market, and the big guy, all-natural testosterone booster, my personal fave. Big guy, you're on to something with this Feed Me More Nutrition. It is some top-quality stuff. Well, thank you, Mark. It is Feed Me More Nutrition. Premium quality, the highest quality supplements on the market today. Available now at FeedMeMore.com. But wait, there's more. Just for being a listener of Conversation with the Big Guy, you can now save 10%. That's right. Save 10% at FeedMeMore.com on all Feed Me More merchandise and apparel and Feed Me More Nutrition with discount code PODCAST10. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-1-0. PODCAST10. Thank you, guys. Ladies and gentlemen... And right now, I'd like to introduce... Whoa, 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 whoa. A guy who lost his smile. A guy who took his brain and walked away from 
millions of dollars. He hails from Sin City. He... Ah, damn it! That's enough for you two! Shut up! You're fired! Uh, I, I think he's, uh... I think he said we're fired. Shut up! Pat, slap my ass! It's time for conversation with the big guy, pal! <laughs> Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy. I am the Big Guy Ryback, and I'm sitting here with the one, Pat Buck. Happy to be here again on another fun episode of Conversation with the Big Guy. Uh, before we begin, we'd like to, I guess you have a couple things you want to uh, mention. God, I'm stuttering already. Uh, a couple things. Botch! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We'll stick to the format as always. Feed Me More Nutrition, guys, is available now at feedmemore.com. Also available at I'llPumpYouUp.com. And if you live in Las Vegas, at Spartan Nutrition in North Las Vegas. And I'll pumped up. I'll botch the botched episode. And at Pumped Up Fitness Nutrition on Sahara and Rainbow. Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, the motivational book by the big guy Ryback. Available now on Audible in paperback, in Kindle format. And I also just did, Pat, the, uh, the, the re-reads, I should say the, the retakes for the uh, Audible version. And that is going to be released in March, finally, everybody. So stay tuned for Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, coming to Audible in the first or second week of March. Matchups here. We got a few big ones coming up here. MCW Winter Blast 2017. The big guy Ryback is going to be live and in person along with the beautiful Renee, Mich- Renee Michelle, big, yep. menacing Sean Studd, whom I've wrestled in a hell of a guy, and uh, the beautiful Brittany Blake. Meet the big guy at the pre-show meet and greet, 6 p.m., doors open at 6, bell time, I believe, is 8 p.m., bell time, 7.30, I take that back. This has been just a hell of a start for us, Buck. I know. This is what happens when you print out your uh, your live events rather than just writing them down and, and we can read them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading like a poster when I'm doing this. BBWF Battle Mania, the biggest event in BBWF history. Sunday, March 12th, 2017, 7 p.m. kickoff. The big guys is going to be there live. Go to Eventbrite and type in BBWF Battle Mania. Come see the big guy live and in person there. All right, and uh, you'll be wrestling. But wait, there's more. Ah, there's more. (laughs) Northeast Wrestling presents March Mayhem, Saturday, March 18th, 7 p.m., 7 p.m. bell time. The big guy, Ryback, Cody Rhodes, Broken Matt Hardy, Maria Manic, and new champion, TKO Ryan. Everybody's going to be there live and in person. And guys, as you saw on my Snapchat and always, all fan mail, please send a P.O. Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. I got a whole stack of it sitting across from me here, and uh, I got to get to that this Sunday when I get back in town after uh, a few couple wrestling events and uh, get that out to you guys. So thank you. That all you got? Any more? That's, 
That's it for this week. Okay. This Saturday night, March 11th, come to Raleigh, New Jersey, WrestlePROonline.com. We're coming back to the New Jersey area on the card. We have Bruce Pritchard. We have Joey oh, Ryan. Wow. We have Homicide. We have the Hit Squad. We have all the WrestlePro regulars. And I'm excited because a couple of them, hopefully by the time this podcast airs, or maybe not, I'm not sure how the tapings work out, are, uh, may make their national debut for another company. So I'm excited for that. Um, also, WrestlePro, March 30th. I've mentioned this before. The most important card of my life. Thursday, March 30th. Uh, 8.30 bell time. I don't believe there's a meet and greet. We'll talk about that soon. Cole Cabana versus Ryback. Uh, we got Cody Rhodes versus Brian Cage. Joey Ryan oh, wow. versus Brandy Rhodes. BWO. I'll be wrestling. A uh, whole bunch of other stuff. WrestleCon.com. Look for the WrestlePro, um, where the kickoff show to WrestleMania weekend. And the next day, we'll be selling merch. Uh, we'll be having uh, at our table. It'll be Ryback. And uh, Mr. Stu Bennett, a.k.a. formerly known as Wade Barrett, will be guests of WrestlePro signing on both days i'm not sure what time yet i will find out that information but if you want to all pre-order, day all day uh wrestle i think uh somewhere on wrestleproonline.com we have the the pre-orders for that but i'm sure on wrestlecon there's a thing there too and that's all my plugs eh, if you want to be a wrestler if you want to train or if you want to have your birthday party creativeprowrestling.com and that's what i got I am beyond excited for this WrestleCon, by the way. There's two things I was going to say. One is when you said that we are the kickoff thing, I go, God damn it. I leave WWE. and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, the last three fucking years, I've had to do the goddamn kickoff for WrestleMania. And is that the fucking name of the show? No. WrestlePro just... kick, that should have been WrestlePro kickoff. I'm the opening match with Colt Cabana. <laughs> While to, fans, to, fans are sitting down. <laughs> yeah, like during the meet and greet when like the people, like 30 people are in there. You need and a special that, uh, weight belt. <laughs> the, uh, I'm, I'm beyond excited. Wade was uh, Stu Bennett. I should say fake news Stu Bennett. Is uh, the official name of him now? Um, <laughs> fake News Bennett, and he uh, he was just messaging me saying how excited he is for the for the WrestleCon week to be. Me and him, we're going to be at the table. We're going to have a huge huge water bottle, and I'm exposing ourselves right now. But we're just going to have Tito's in a water bottle with with Perrier <laughs> because we're so excited. We get to do like appearances WrestleMania week and not give a shit about having like. And I just said, I go, fuck it. Let's just get drunk at our signing. And like, and he's all for, you know, fake news Bennett's not one to turn down any hard liquor. So I'm, uh, it's our first signing together at Nexus too, for everyone listening. So we're going to get some Nexus eight by tens made with me and uh, him, me, the leader, him in, in second in line. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. It'll, it'll be him barking orders or some shit and me like clotheslining somebody. But, um. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to that weekend. Yeah, I'm excited for that as well. Uh, should be a. I'm excited too to get the show over with, and then basically do nothing physical for, you know, two days or whatever. Um, yeah, I got a match with Colt the like that Thursday, right? And then I think I got like just it's just appearances, which is great. The convention just is basically eight hours long, I think. So it's like some people only like to do four hours, but you're you're allowed to be there all fucking day, and you know. Do your thing. Am I doing? I'll just bring some feed me more uh, nutrition. I so hungry to keep myself in a and from being in an anti catabolic state to keep me very anabolic while I'm uh, 
there drinking my uh, Tito's with Wade with <laughs> Stu. Sorry. Um, am I hosting a party or anything that WrestleMania week? I was trying to get that going, but I think it kind of fell off uh, and didn't work out. So still that negotiation. Hell of, hell of a gig just screaming, feed me more shots for three hours <laughs> and uh, watching just everybody get wasted and, um, and then getting out of there. But uh, which I did, by the way, this past weekend, the uh, the UFC party was a hell of a time. I maybe my my best booking yet, just as far as uh, going and having fun. And uh, it was very last minute, but the UFC gyms brought me out there and um, I got to go out and have a bunch of beers and hang out with a bunch of cool people. And uh, and you gave a motivational speech, correct? I did. But the bad part about it was, is we're in this huge nightclub in Chicago And we were in this like this huge room that they had that with a bar like bars and like it was it was just for the UFC gym and there was hundreds of people in there, but they the regular nightclub their music downstairs and upstairs like they couldn't shut that music off or turn it down so Mm -hmm. like you just hear like bum 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 (laughs) bum or like just picture just techno playing whatever and like. Nobody can give like hear what you're saying up there, and I'm I had like this elaborate speech that I'd written out on the plane, okay. um, very motivational and like, sure. And I realized very like, Denzel I, Washington, I, Coach Carter. Yeah, I was beyond pissed that I even spent that time doing that now because I should have known better being at a nightclub and like I thought this was going to go on before everybody got drunk. Everybody was drunk by the time I got up there, including myself being lightly buzzed, and it was. Uh, <laughs> Nobody was paying attention. And so, like, I ended up, it was like, know your audience. That was like, I, it just was like, everybody just, bunch of UFC gym coaches and, like, people are cussing left and right. So it essentially turned into, fuck, yeah, feed me more fucking shots to a, right. a round of applause. Yeah. And, along with, you know, some other words. But it was, uh, it was a good time. <laughs> Great. Uh, so we had good feedback from last episode. And with that comes reviews. So, uh I pulled up a couple of reviews uh, for the old review of the week contest. And do maybe... I pick? I I pick these. Is this the way that this works? I kind of fish through them, and I f- I figure I'll read them. You know, I'll find the ones that I really like, and then you get the final say. As I was I, like remi- that. I was reminded by a fan on Twitter that I cut you off too much because, and this show is called Conversation with the Big Guy, so I should learn how to be a better podcaster. To yeah. which I no re- no your fucking role, Buck. <laughs> to which I replied to this guy. <laughs> I said, have you taken our advice on doing burpees? And he took, uh, he was a bit upset with that because he said he's trying to lose weight. And then we became friends after that. And I wished him luck and he was happy and uh, he's still a supporter. So that's what happened last episode. It feels really, really good good to sometimes. This is why, like, and you can't, you can't talk back to everyone, obviously. But, like, there's times, and, you know, I have no problem blocking people on social media and whatnot. And, and, like get the fuck out of my world. And it's like, I don't hate anybody, but it's just like a lot of these people just think they, they don't think, but they just, they just feel they could be as disrespectful and they think they have it all figured out and whatnot. But it feels really good sometimes to respond back. And it's not that you're trying to like, I think it's sometimes the best way to teach somebody is to give them a dose of their own medicine. Yeah. And, uh, that was one of my favorite parts of heel Ryback was going on those Twitter rants where I would just light up people well before Kevin Owens was doing it, like it was that. That's what you know. Seriously, like it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. No, the, I remember that. I got called in the office for that by by the heater, Mark Carano. Um, 
one time. It came to an end. This is when I just got so fed up with the company. Mm-hmm. I'll be, I was, let's be honest. I was already fed up. But it was, uh, sure. he goes, yeah, I said something about somebody's weight because they had made a very, very disrespectful comment to me. And this person um, was, was like a lot of them. And obviously, I didn't straight out right call them fat. But okay. I, I, I did it in a clever way. Creative. Yeah. And, uh, and he was like, you can't be calling our fans fat. And then I was just, I literally just go, Jesus fucking Christ. I'll fucking delete it. Mark. And I was like, I, I was right then and there just fed up with like respond. I was like, I'm not, I'm done. It's just, mm-hmm. it's not, I don't want to have to talk to this human being in there any more than I have to. So, uh, it's Spe- just. Speaking of tweets or, uh, Instagram things, I noticed one this weekend. Uh, oh from- yeah. What was that? Well, I noticed a very muscular man uh, posing, uh, uh, you know, of a decent age. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Guy looked pretty good, but he was holding holding a a pair of dumbbells that that may have not been too heavy. And uh, I noticed you made a comment about this particular individual. Oh, yeah. That was... uh... Legitimately, I laughed so hard over that, and the, and the amount of text, the, the amount of text that I got from people, by the way, putting that over, and it was not that I'm ever looking for that, but it was uh, that was done, you know, tongue in cheek. That was just kind of a friendly, totally ha-ha. fine, funny. But yeah. I, I had to block a, a few people with that one because you have people. The best was, how dare you talk about him? You're on steroids. You can't say that about anybody. Well, um, a lot of a lot of people listening may not know what that was. So, you want to explain what it, or should I? Yeah, no, no. Triple H posted a cool photo of him working out at his home gym, and in it was like, what was it? I don't know the context. It was something. Uh, dreaming is is one thing, re- doing so, it is another. Something, yeah, like, something like do the work or do the work, but pretty much saying like dreamers can dream all they want, but there's a difference between dreaming and and actually doing something. And yeah. I, it was just like, as like. I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way, but it was kind of, uh, it was cool. I get it. Like he's working out that night. He's pumped up. And, uh, but I just, I literally, I picture like Vince fucking laughing at the tweet. So that was like, <laughs> like, <laughs> God damn it, Paul. Why the fuck were you holding twenties? Like, <laughs> but they honestly could have been fit. I looked at, it, I think they might've been fifties, which I, I don't, but they looked, they didn't look like fifties. And, uh, and and he's never been known to be like a super strong guy or anything. It was just done to be kind of funny, and it was, uh, it was funny. It was definitely all sure. the right people laughed, but I had to block a few feed me morons because some people like have no sense of humor. Like how, oh, you're so fucking bitter and angry. Like, <laughs> j- like they just can't like wrap their minds around anything. Of like, it's just fuck off. That was awesome. But yeah, it was it was it was a lot of. Uh, I always appreciate it when the, when the WWE talents message me over something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got the uh, the reviews re- here. <clears throat> Do we have any with- funny ones this week? I know you said you were going to take a look at some of the funny ones. Oh, I didn't pull up. I just pulled up for this week. There's a lot of them, and they go back and go back in time. I should pull up ones from the past that I think are pretty questionable, but I didn't do it this week. So this is, these are new ones for this week. And uh, it says, spoiler alert, Pat Cena wins, and it's from uh, Gruz Riguez 27. Are you tired of hearing lies from your significant other? Well, don't worry, because Ryback wouldn't lie to you. Upfront, truthful, and entertaining, Ryback and Pat will have you laughing by yourself whenever you listen to their podcast. 
Passing traffic may think you're crazy because you're laughing by yourself, but screw those marks. It's like Batman and Robin, but better. Which one is Batman, you ask? The answer is Pat Buck. Just kidding. Ryback is Batman, but Pat is still the man. Now stop being a mark, get ready for some entertainment, and become a listener of Conversation with the Big Guy. So that was a nice that is, one. That's very good. I actually really, really like that one. And, uh, I think that's very, uh, that's, I feel like that sums up our podcast pretty well. Uh, the other one I liked was Throw These Guys a Birthday Party from Adam Hackbarth. Pat's willingness to pull back the curtain on WrestlePro and Ryback's refreshing level of honesty makes this show a standout. I follow only three or four wrestling podcasts, and I cannot believe a podcast featuring Ryback hosts one of them. This is not a knock to Ryback Reeves, but actually me trying to emphasize how you do not have to be a WWE fanboy or a Ryback fanboy to enjoy this show. These two go far beyond what you know of the restrained WWE version of the Ryback gimmick. Hell, the gym and nutrition tips alone deserve four stars right there out of the gate. However, I tacked on a bonus star for Ryback's brave stories on soiled bedsheets and Pat Buck's unbelievably, <laughs> unbelievable ace broken nose story. So that was, those are the two, I think. Uh, oh, this is a tough one. <laughs> because I'm really big on converting people. And, and like when people like, like have an, there, there's, there's a certain percentage of people out there that are like, that are just angry at what they think of Ryback. And like when mm-hmm. they hear the Ryback, like, like I told you, like I have this hatred for me by a small percentage of people who, who refuse to want to give me a chance or think that they, they know me or they want to know me or they, they just don't give a fuck. They like, and, uh, and it's always fun to convert those people over and whatnot. Um, there is a third one that may be different. I just noticed this too. And I want to address this cause this guy's concerned. I can, I'm concerned about this guy for a good and bad reason. Okay, go ahead. Let's go ahead and hear okay. the third one. <clears throat> so this is the third one from I Manny 1977. <clears throat> Listen to be inspired. I felt compelled to leave a good review after listening to each week of The Big Guy. It has given me something to look forward to after being hit by a drunk driver and gaining weight. I felt motivated and inspired after listening to the podcast that I am now running three times daily on the treadmill. It's great to have someone be sincere and honest. It brings a small smile to listen to Pat and Ryback talk about their hilarious stories. Thanks, guys. Now, I think that's inspirational, but why is he running three times a day? It seems a little bit, uh, that's a lot. You know what I mean? I... I mean, unless he has, you know, people have, like, I got, you know, the gym at home and all the different cardio stuff. Um, I, I would prefer to do it all in one sitting, but I, I'm I, right here. I got Sonny and Sophie trying to get on my lap now. Um, <laughs> these dogs are, Sonny's the most needing, like, he needs to be held like a little, cradled like a little fucking baby all the time. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it brings a smile to my, my, my face and my soul. Um, but some people, like, are very extreme and they're working out and like they're, um, you know, he might be just trying to spike his metabolism at different points of the day. Um, I would rather do it all in one setting, you know, sure. if, and, and just that's me personally, but if he has the time to do it and it makes him happy, that's great. Like, yeah. Um, I, and I don't know, maybe he's doing short sessions several times a day and, uh, you know, doing the high intensity interval training or just high intensity conditioning. And, um, but, like, I couldn't imagine, like, doing burpees three times a day, even though, like, it would be great probably. It obviously would. But there's, there's always that level of, of balance and being excessive. So, um, the hell of a review. Very inspirational. You know, I'm going to go with, uh, 
I'm going to go with the second one because I'm a big fan of converting people. Okay. So the second one, the winner of this week. All your, three were very good, though. Your name was um, Adam Hackbarth. That was, uh, that's the guy. So um, Send, We got an extra addition to the prize package this week, actually. So um, we, you have a choice now. You can either get, because not everybody, you know, necessarily wants supplements and sure. whatnot, even though like the protein could be used by, but they might, you know, lactose intolerant. You never know what the okay. deal or they might be caffeine sensitive. So our good friends at El Pollo Loco have sent me over a bunch of uh, gift cards to oh, give no away. Kidding. For, yeah, no, for giveaways. And uh, you guys, if you haven't tried El Pollo Loco, I'm telling you, it's the big guys, <laughs> it's the big guys favorite place to eat after working out. Um, their chicken fajita burritos with no sour cream and salsa roja, roja is uh, to die for. Let's, so let's get that stock price up for El Pollo Loco, guys. I, Go there. Let's eat I, there every day. But uh, I was going to ask that. Today was, sorry not to cut you off, but today was the record-setting Dow Jones is up a lot. Has El Pollo Loco gone up at all? No, I'm still <laughs> still still down about a sweet 44 Gs on oh. El Pollo Loco. Uh no, they're going to come back. Me and Fandango have been talking about this for a year and a half. Any day they're going to strike. And uh, He's in I'm, this I'm too. Actually, yeah. He, okay. Well, Apoyo Loco paid for my fucking pool about a year and two years ago, whenever it was. Huh. And uh, so, like, I'm overall, I'm up on them. But since then, like, they, they were running hot for a long time on after their IPO and their initial price offering. And uh, I was riding that wave with them. And then... Then they kind of came crashing down, and uh, I at that point was already, I was already heavily invested, and uh, and I, I, I diversified. And it's like the money's just—it's not money I need or anything like that. It's play money, but it's—I uh, would like to free that up and get that moving around into some other good choices. But I—I'm I, gonna wait if I can get that. If I can get it between fifteen and twenty, I would probably sell half of it, and uh, and try to hope for a. A miracle to get the rest back but um which it will it will come up that money in it but to you what you were saying my retirement fund is up i think it's up like like 20 g's in the last you know few months the the, the market has been been great so sure. uh no complaints on that but um guys el pollo loco uh <laughs> sent me these gift cards so it's you get your choice of a free feed me more nutrition supplement and shaker bottle or we'll do a free shaker bottle and a two El Pollo Loco gift cards for um, enjoy a complimentary two-piece leg and thigh meal on us. And I got one for good for $10 towards any food or drink. So I'll, I'll throw one of each and, uh, and those for you guys. Um, that in a shaker bottle or a supplement in a shaker bottle uh, for the free giveaway this week. And email me at thebigguy at feedmemore.com. And please take a snap. Uh, is it a snapshot? Of the uh, post, sure, yeah, yeah. Of the review, mm -hmm. if you can send me a snapshot of your review um, or your your name and everything on your review page, just uh, to verify, and uh, we'll get that out to you next week. All right, <clears throat> there we go. So moving on from that, and they don't really have those in the East Coast. I stick to my. Uh, I'm more of a. I get shit for this too. I'm more of a fan of Moe's Southwest Grill than I am. Oh, I, I love Moe's. I love Moe's. Uh, I get I get sick of Chipotle. Uh, I can only have that every, I, and I like it. It's great quality food, but I, sure. I just, yeah, I'm the same. It's, uh, I, I get a little sick of it too from time to time. It's, uh, I, I, you know, and call me crazy, but this is, 
the big guy's big on customer service. I love me and in hot young Briley, Ryan Nemeth, uh, Dolph Ziggler's little brother. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to go to, uh, to Moe's when I was at FCW going through my broken ankle and leg. He actually helped me train for my, my, my comeback um, mm-hmm. from the broken ankle because I went down to the school and I didn't recognize most of the guys there. And he was new, and I just knew he was Dolph Ziggler's brother, and Dolph is such a great guy. Yeah. And I just, and like, I just go, I, I literally go, I go, you're Dolph Ziggler's brother. We've never met. I just, I love Dolph. Dolph is one of my favorite people, you know, in the world can you please help me? Like, mm-hmm. and he was like, yeah. And then we like, he would train with me and we'd go eat Moe's every day. And I always looked forward to hearing welcome to Moe's. Oh, and every I, time. Yep. Every time. And I, it always, it just, you can't help but smile when a group of people say welcome to Moe's. It's <laughs> like, you, yeah, you're going to walk in with this hard look on your face. Like, yeah, fuck you guys. Like <laughs> the, the entire, cause everybody looks up when somebody walks in. Yeah. Like you just like, oh, what an asshole. He didn't even fucking acknowledge the welcome to Moe's. Like you don't want to be that guy. No. Big fan of Moe's. I get a lot of shit you, for that cuz uh from who? Uh this is a, this is an ongoing debate in one of my ch- uh chats with uh with Broski. Who's I mean, more of a Chipotle I guy. love the by the way. I would like to we never really have talked about this. Yeah. You you guys sit in a chat room. Mm-hmm. I this blows my mind time cuz I don't I can't picture having the time to do this, but it's, okay. it's, I get it because it's like all good friends. Who are the people that are in this chat? It's a very exclusive chat, isn't it? It's a very random chat. I got a couple of them, like my high school friends, my college friends, but this one's very lively. So it'll be like me, Tyson Kidd. Like AOL chat? No, no, no. Like the group oh. message on the phone. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. I'm sure you got it. I don't those. know. I'm, yeah. Okay. I'm thinking you're like sit down at your computer and like. <laughs> like AOL? I'm, AOL and you guys are all in it's like you guys have the WWE kayfabe room that, 34 like that would be impressive that would be fucking awesome I wouldn't I do was, that <laughs> I, I swear to you that is what I pictured the group no, chat no, as no. it's just man uh, I am dumb as fuck huh yeah so we can just go back and forth <laughs> at uh but I've been outweighed I don't think a lot of people like I'm a big fan of Moe's I like the fact they have whole wheat burritos yep that that Chipotle doesn't uh they also have better sauces but Chipotle has fresher, uh, fresher ingredients. That I'll give them. But in the end, I like Moe's. Moe's chicken. However, if you go to like an outside, sometimes those, uh, what is it called? Like the the service station, the you know where the gas station. They'll have like a McDonald's, a Moe's connected. Those can get very scary and shitty. But if it's a homegrown actual Moe's on itself. I'll take Moe's over Chipotle anyway. Wait, I didn't know that they had Moe's connected to service stations? They do in the Northeast, and they're pretty rough. Like, the chicken tastes like rubber. It's not as fresh. It tastes like garbage. everything in the Northeast is rough. Like, I hate those those goddamn service stations. I I kid you not. I would would rather be in the middle of Nebraska or Montana somewhere and look for food than, like, on these back east service stations. They're never any, like... It's always Burger King, McDonald's, Starbucks. And like Starbucks is great, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But like it's everything like the gas, you gotta like pull in one place to go to the like the the meal place. Then you gotta get back in your car and drive up to get the gas. Yep. I hate in fucking Jersey they have other people pump your gas for you. I will it, never ever understand that. Like I don't get it either. I think it's it, it's so weird. The I when I was just up there for your last shows. I uh, had to fuel up on the way to the airport in the morning. The guy could not have got, given two shits about like wanting to do that job in an effective way. Mm-hmm. I sat there and what, he had like a couple friends there. It's like five in the morning. 
and they're like talking out there outside. It's freezing cold. Mm-hmm. And like, I just was like, wish I was praying. I go, please don't come over here. Like I know. And like, he comes like waltzing over really slow and I'm like, fuck, I got to wait for this guy. And he comes over finally. And, but luckily I just, he did it. He did the card, gave it back, put it in. And he walked over to his friends and never came back. So nice. it was like, I finished. And I was like, thank God. Huh. But yeah. I never, I never understood. Like, I mean, obviously it creates jobs, right? I think something with that or something where there's no, something like there's no tolls in Jersey. It's weird. Like there's somehow they make up for it. I forget, I forget the thing, but I always tip the guy. I always make sure I tip whoever pumps my gas. That's my one rule. Yeah. That's what it is a job where that it solely is relying on tips. But like, I feel like it's kind of a shitty, it's a shitty job because, and not a shitty job for what it is. But for the fact that, like, I feel like I know for me, I don't pay for gas anywhere. Mm-hmm. So when I go there, I oh, why the fuck do they have? Like, I like pumping my own gas. Yeah, like, sure. I actually, I think, and I'm not sure if everyone likes that, but like, I don't mind doing it. So like, when I see someone do that, then it's like, ah oh, man, like obviously, if so, my what I'm saying is, it, I feel like it can create a lot of anger with people where they don't want to tip the guy necessarily because they don't think he should be pumping the gas or she should be pumping the gas. Okay. Um, so it's not like a server when you go out to eat and like I'm big on tipping servers because I know I've been there, I've done that. Like when you go out to eat, you know you're paying for the experience. Whereas for like, I'm not going to get gas to pay for the experience. No. Um, but I get it. Like I would obviously, I tip him too. That guy, identity walked away and uh, and that was that. But hmm. All right, so we moved on from gas station tipping. Uh, a couple things went down this week. Uh, I think the biggest piece of news, or so far for this week, before yeah, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you how your week was before we got into all the big news. Man, uh, let me think. It was a I wrestled this week, I believe. Yes, I wrestled for the BBWF, where you will be wrestling Falaba next month. And, uh, Which, by the way, our match is going to be an exact outline of Yokozuna versus Lex Luger. Uh, <laughs> Same outfits and everything. From the from the, when he got dropped off in the helicopter, the body. <laughs> I'm going to show up in a pair of jeans and, and snakeskin boots, and uh, we're going to revolve that entire match around a body slam. And if you think I'm joking, I'm not. Oh, man. Uh, it went well. Uh, it was a fun time. My cardio's through the roof because of those goddamn burpees. Like, I, I literally just had a good time wrestling. I can't think there was an interesting thing. And I told you about this. So I was in the locker room and there weren't oh, a lot, yeah. of, there weren't a lot of body guys on this show. And, uh, what do you, that, what do you mean by that? By a lot of body guys just for everybody? Uh, for the most part. And this happens a lot in independent wrestling. Like there was guys, I don't even just mean body guys. There was not a whole lot of people in shape. Okay. Um, or I'd say it, it was half and half, half guys that, Look the part, and then half guys that really don't. Now, that, now that's okay, but I mean, you got to find what flatters your body. And unfortunately, I think a lot of a lot of the guys there didn't really have something that flattered their body, or just like it, it just looked like they didn't really care a lot about their appearance. Yeah, and I I'll, will say, putting on a pair of wrestling trunks and, and having the right cut on your trunk when you wear trunks is so important because they can make you look fucking horrible. Oh yeah, if like. And, and, like, people don't understand. Like, you could be in really good shape, and you throw on a pair of wrestling trunks or spandex, and holy fuck, it can really, 
it, it, you were like, oh man, I, you know, but I know what you're saying. So. It, it can cut into you and make you look, and that's part of it too. I think like people need to take pride in their wrestling gear. I go broke buying all my wrestling gear. Like I really like guys seem like they don't fucking care. Cuts into them, makes them look like a muffin or that, you know, they wear long tights and they should, you never seen that? <laughs> I just, <laughs> that's a hell of, I'm hoping somebody creates a gimmick called the muffin top. And that's like, they're, that's, like that's their fucking name. And it's just, they look like a giant fucking muffin. They wear two tight trunks and the side fat, comes over like a muffin and i know this because there's been times where i'm like oh man my side fat's hanging over and i feel like a little fucking baby muffin i'm like i'm not gonna fucking but then i put on gear that's like it like very good fitting and it doesn't do that if it's cut the right way or if it's hot not you know you don't want to do the high fucking the the festus high trunks that go over the the... hbk always had the hbk yeah uh but he was never fat you know especially later in his career i I hate side fat. For me, that is my my that's my one place I hold body fat. Yeah, but I can lose it really, really quick. But I've noticed with trunks, if they're not cut properly, you want them to be cut high on the sides to kind of you want them to you don't want them to cut under that fat because it pushes it up. Yep. You want it to kind of either be level with it or just above it, and for the trunks to go down because you want your belly button shown. There's nothing. I mean, there's nothing less cool than wrestling with your belly button not exposed. And I That's don't know. That's funny. Yeah, you're it's, right. It's the you're truth, right. though. When you when your belly, anybody, look at anybody wrestling on the current product. If their fucking tights are over their belly button, chances are you look at them and you're not thinking they're cool. They're hiding a muffin. Yep, they're definitely yeah, hiding yep. a muffin. Good point. <clears throat> um, so so what so what happened with that? So basically, I overheard a conversation between a, a bunch of gentlemen and. They were speaking about, and this was the exact comment, that it's perfectly acceptable to be fat in professional wrestling now because uh, guys like Kevin Owens has paved the way for them. So it doesn't really matter what you look like anymore. And yeah. I th- and I just like thought like that was kind of a unique way of looking at it. But I looked at this guy like, well, you're not Kevin Owens and you're, you know, it's almost an excuse for them to be the way they are. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of a off-putting statement. Yeah, and there's been, and, and I will so so. There's, I, I think that's a very lazy way of someone like trying to like think. Oh, I don't have to try anymore um, because there's a huge difference. And I'll say this because I've been in the ring with Kevin Owens. And I like Kevin Owens a lot, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if he works out or not. I don't know, but. There's been you got to look at guys like Mick Foley before, who's been a WWE heavyweight champion. Sure. He's not had, a, but he's never. He's always had that stamina in the ring, and, and mm-hmm. he's not a workout. And Foley's not a workout guy either, and whatnot. But like, so there's there's a difference between if you. I I firmly believe everybody should should prime their bodies and take care of themselves like athletes that mm-hmm. that wrestle that's my personal opinion because if they were to, the whole part of point of it is is to the illusion of it is of being a real fight and if you were in a real fight you could not get away doing that in a real fight so that's my whole you know agenda for wanting guys to work out but there's a difference between not everybody especially in this day and age with with the wellness policy and drugs and mm-hmm. like if it was one thing, if you take drugs and you're in shape, it, it, but you might not even be in cardio shape. A lot of guys aren't, but it's one thing to to bust your ass and go to work out every day and like 
and you're just not, don't have the most ideal body. That happens all the time, but you're an athlete and you take care of yourself and you have pride in that. And then you go in the ring and you have great conditioning. And I'll say this, uh, Kevin, because I'm pretty sure he doesn't work out from what I understand. But mm. don't quote me 100% on that. Maybe he started or he did, but he's never, everybody has a different genetic level uh, of where they're at. And like he, you know, like Jake the Snake Roberts, I've always heard like he had great cardio yeah. or he did. And he never, I don't picture him in there doing no. on the Stairmaster. There's guys that just have a higher threshold of a cardio capacity. Mm-hmm. That does, that does exist. Sure. And like, and so I don't agree if Kevin doesn't work out. Cause I think it would just improve his life in general and all that. Mm-hmm. But he, he's, and I've wrestled him in there. I think his like conditioning could be better if he was like that, but it's never hurt him. It's never, you've never watched a match of his. Never hindered like, his oh, performance. Yeah, sure. It's never hindered his performance and he knows what he can do and what he can't do. And he knows how to pace himself, mm-hmm. which is a skill in itself. So that guy is not Kevin Owens on that level. And like, cause Kevin and, and, and everybody's story is different and whatnot, but like, had he gone up there and, and yeah, he's been, yeah, he's been given a lot of opportunities up there, especially early on, but he's actually come through in every one of those. And in his mm-hmm. long matches, it like, I, cause I guarantee you if Vince, and I know from what things Vince has said, you know, he doesn't have the ideal wrestler's body and whatnot, but like, it's never, You've never been watching him and be like, oh man, like it's like he's blown the fuck up. Like he's so out of shape. You've never, so like it's not an issue as far no. as on that uh, for, for professional wrestling. Yeah. So these guys can't rely on that saying like, oh, that's, he's setting, you know, paving the way for all of us because I, I bet you they don't know how to work in their conditioning is not on the par with Kevin Owens. So I think it was kind of an ignorant thing too, like to put someone else in that standard that, you know, has done so much. I used Kevin a couple of times, uh, not many times because his schedule wouldn't allow it in my past promotion. He was awesome. And he wore, th- you know, he wore what he wore. These guys were, were wearing what a person in wrestling sh- or that would be in shape was wearing. Like they were wearing yeah. trunks, you know, a low cut singlet and I think long tights. And I'm just like, well, that doesn't match up. Like it was very like almost you know, we have these bodies and we're not going to cover up. We're just going to put it out there and it's, and it's okay, which it could work yeah. for the right, for the right thing. Like it worked for like, you know, gosh, I'm trying to think of someone, you know, an Umaga or a, even big daddy V comes to mind. I don't know that used that as a scare Yokozuna that used big, that. And all fairness, big daddy V was also like six, eight or nine, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he was a, of course. I mean, he's a monster. So yeah. I, it, it, that's an attraction and he's just, and he didn't always, he used to cover up as Mabel, who I actually really enjoyed when I was younger. Sure. I wrestled like him guys like Umaga took a spin too. Kick. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, my dark match. <laughs> and then he rode uh, me and humped me. Yep. I uh, never got to meet him. I always wanted to meet him because as a kid, I was always, him and Yokozuna, when I would watch as a kid, I was terrified of because I felt like if they fell on me, they would kill me. Um, <laughs> So I was always worried for the good guy that was wrestling them or the guy wrestling them. Yeah. That like, oh man, they could be squashed at any second. Like literally. <laughs> so uh, that's, I always, that's why I'm excited to wrestle Fala. Like I like that big bodied wrestler, the, the threat, because I feel like it's a great guy to wrestle as a baby face with kids in the crowd. Sure. Because it's, I remember feeling that way as a kid and I'm sure there's other kids that feel that way. So. Yeah. So that, uh, 
I, I think that's it for my weekend. I, I just had one show. Um, there was a birthday party, but I did not make it. It was I had another crew cover that. I heard it went very oh. well at Creative Pro. Wait, no, so I, you you missed the birthday party? Well, <clears throat> my schedule's limited, so I have to do you know, part of being... Uh, Wait, so is my move set, but that doesn't fucking stop me from showing up every week. Well, here's the thing. It's that <laughs> I, I'm double booked on the weekend sometime. So my options were either I have to go to the birthday party and run the birthday party, but I have a crew to do that. However, my ring was needed at this show. Part of the reason why I get booked a lot is because I have my ring in my ring truck, and I'm the one driving it. So I drove in, a, in a Laverne, which is the name of my ring truck, took yeah. her to the show. My guys are there. We put up the goddamn ring and uh, wrestled my match. And then we break down the ring, and then it's off to the next town. But there's no next town the next day, so I just kind of went home. And I think I hung out all day on Sunday. What about your weekend? What? Uh, oh, we talked about that. The UFC. Sorry. No, but uh, I was gonna. I was gonna mention a couple things. But I really there was a question. I thought this really popped me. Sure. I, I would. I would love to come to one of your events and wrestle Pat Cena. I think because I couldn't wrestle Pat. Boss. <laughs> I can't. I just think it would be. It would be too controversial to come in there and wrestle Pat Buck. Um, it, it'd be weird. I, it, it wouldn't be a good yeah, fit. Yeah. I but Pat Cena, I could wrestle. Yeah. And uh, Not I losing. I can't stop. I already know the story <laughs> in my head. Like, <laughs> I, I I think it would be entertaining as fuck. And uh, so that is something I would like us to work on for 2017. That, and then also. A- running a wrestling show in Vegas, this whole feed me more wrestling thing, I really can't get it out of my head. Um, I feel like I, it, I, it would be really funny. I just lose a shit ton of money wrestling, <laughs> running, running. Pat, I took all the money out of El Pollo Loco for this huge fucking feed me more wrestling event in Vegas. And I lost all of it. <laughs> it's possible, man. We could figure out something. I don't know how I get my ring there. I'd have to rent from a local promotion, but that's the hardest part about these shows, man. Like you, you gotta, is the equipment and the local talent and it's not easy. F- yeah. FSW here, the future stars of wrestling is in Vegas. They, uh, they have a school and a ring here. But I, I know they run at Sam's Town and stuff. I wonder if, if we got, I, I like, use their ring for, for Feed Me More Wrestling. All I want is just the Feed Me More, Feed Me More. Opening match, Skip Sheffield, main event is Ryback and fucking <laughs> bring in a few other guys and try to, you know, make a killing on it. <laughs> Hell of a business plan. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't see that doing too well, to be honest. But uh, my week was good. Um, it's been busy. I told you I had to do the retakes for the uh, audible bo- version for Wake Up mm-hmm. Feeding Time. Got that all done, and uh, I've been working on work. So I've got an eBay seller who's going to sell the Feed Me More Nutrition on eBay. Okay, who is a top rated seller, and uh, he's he's going to start that here soon. But I'm Feed Me More Nutrition is coming to Amazon here very shortly. Okay, and, wow. Uh, I'm I'm using the Amazon Fulfillment Center and. I actually cost, I have to pay three grand to get it on there to sell supplements on Amazon, um, which is a new law that they have, a new rule, I should say. But it's, um, it's great exposure. And, it's, and it's, it doesn't, no work on my end outside of, uh, I'm having it all set up here this week. And uh, it, it's the, the amount of eyes and, because the sales, like I told you through feedmemore.com, it's like, it's getting pretty ridiculous now. I mean, it's, it's pretty 
and people were asking about that, like, oh, who does his orders? I'm like, he does. He puts them out every single day and ships them off. Like, I wake up early, and I so I wake up, I throw a singlet on just so everybody knows the routine. <laughs> um, I got these Bluetooth speakers downstairs in my office. I hit the fucking Feed Me More theme song, mm-hmm. and I package your orders personally. I feel like I want to give them the true experience of snort, Ryback. Snort some pre-workout. Yeah. Every time I pack a pre uh, a wake up unlimited energy, I do my entrance and snort a little bit of it, and it's uh, no. But I, I I get up early and do the orders myself because that's I I want this to be successful because of me. And um, but I'll, I'll tell you, it gets. I was telling you, orders like come in as we're doing this, and like mm-hmm. it's there's there's days. Uh, I was telling like it's thousands of dollars of orders on some days, and in, in on the days that it's not thousands of dollars, it's it's close. So okay. it's, it, it's a lot. I have to get up early and do the day before. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not a problem at all. But mm-hmm. when you're doing all these other things and, you know, I started the boxing back up and like, it's just, and I need to get back in, start the jujitsu. I'm just so like, I'm pulling myself so many directions, but the feed me more nutrition is my baby. And I, I have to give all my time to that right now. But so thank you guys um, for supporting that and keeping me busy and, it, the reviews have been off the charts with everything, and it's um, it's cool, man. It's uh, but it's I'm looking forward to having a little more. Like I told you, like I feel I felt off wrestling because I'm not wrestling as yeah. much. I feel like even though like March and all that, it, it's this in April and May the schedule picks up tremendously. But everybody's been really happy with everything. So uh, it's, great, yeah. Man Scout Jake Manning this week. Actually, I think I got right. Yeah. Well, well, I will already have wrestled him by the time this comes out. But so your your hopes are high. We'll we'll pick up that review next week yeah. to wrestle, uh, you know, the Man Scout, who is a uh, who has a pretty decent following. He's well known, independent guy. Did he start off as the Boy Scout? I don't know. His... I would hope so, but I I'm... I feel like it would be kind of a fraud if he didn't start off as the Boy Scout, Jake Manning, and work kind of evolve in front of the people's eyes into the Man Scout. I think uh, this is one of your first times you're actually wrestling someone of smaller stature, I guess, on the independence. Oh, the, uh, yeah, usually, oh, let's just throw him in there with the biggest guy, WWE philosophy, fucking Kane, Big Show, Mark Henry, on loop. Like, Dude, that must, be a, that must be a thing, because I swear to God, someone called, uh, I had, who was it? I don't know if it was Kirk White, but because uh, you're, you're wrestling. Chris ne- Masters, at, yeah. The and first. then I'm like, who, who's he wrestling the second night? And they're like, oh, it's our you know guy here, local guy. He's pretty good. You know, he's a local big guy. I'm like, oh, of, of course. Like you always, they, you always get I, the biggest dudes. I told you, I feel like they get excited. I, I saw there's a guy, um, and, and I and I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm I'm sorry, but there's a guy I'm wrestling coming up soon for another promotion, and uh, he's all oh. jacked up too. Is it Jack Stain? Yeah, 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 Jack Stain. He's an NWA and, uh, guy, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, fuck. I feel like they think, like, man, Ryback's going to be really excited to wrestle another big guy. Like, I, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter either way, but I would like, you know, it's, I, I like wrestling, actually, smaller guys because I can, you could just do way more, but. Yeah. It's, you, can do, you can do a lot, with all these guys, you could, I, I shouldn't say that because up to a certain point, unless you're wrestling like a big show, Mark Henry Kane, you're wrestling guys so extremely big. That's where it becomes a little limited. When mm-hmm. you're wrestling other guys like of just big guys, it's it's not because those guys are all giants in their own right. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, no, it should be good. I know uh, Bob's probably super stoked uh, for the Chris Masters matchup. 
Oh, sure. He he actually watched SmackDown the other night, and he was in tears because uh, Kurt Hawkins was just in the ring, and he was all excited to see him. And Ambrose just comes out and gives him the old uh, dirty deeds real quick. That was that was a segment, and then Ambrose kind of. That was a segment. It was like it was something like Ambrose. I don't know who his issues with. I, f- I forget who he's feuding with, but that was. Uh, he was supposed to have a match, and he just came out and hit the dirty deeds, and Hawkins rolled out. But Bob was not happy about that, and he made a video, and he was very upset, almost in tears, <laughs> that oh wow that Hawkins was was used in such a way. But uh, he just, uh, it's just that's it's Bob. Bob Outside. was wearing a Hawkins T-shirt while watching this. He's a fucking that's creep. Fucking, ooh, yeah. Okay, I'm not I'm not gonna even say anything because I don't like Bob really to begin with, but I. <laughs> uh, Bob doesn't understand wrestling. He doesn't fucking. Get no, it. I feel like he I doesn't understand life. No, he doesn't understand anything. Look at him. He's a fucking. He's sitting on his couch. He's missing toes. He's obsessed with. He spent a million dollars on full Nelsons. Full Nelsons. That's all you need to. You need to know. I wonder if he had another million dollars, what it would go towards. A hundred percent back to full Nelsons. A million. You think it would, he, you yes. think it would like revive him? Yeah, uh, it would. He would blow if he had any sort of income. It would completely. He'd be running Russell Pro shows. <laughs> Have you thought like so? I'm not like, and I don't condone his activity or anything. By yeah. The way. Do you think if you started like a Kickstarter fund for for Bob's Full Nelson Fund and like did that? Do you think that would be it become a popular thing with fans? I think that people would probably pitch in money, but it wouldn't be enough t- to be worth it, and I would just feel. It would be going to the wrong place because he literally just give, will just give it away. He'll just Wait, fucking. Who, let me ask: Who would be doing the full Nelsons if he had a bank account like that? Oh, uh, gosh. Would you Would you resume activities? It's that depends on how how big that bank account would be. I know Kevin <laughs> Matthews would be there for that. And I know a couple. Oh, here's a couple things. So we found out too when he back in the day when he did have his have money. For a while, we assumed it was just me and Kevin were the only ones involved. No, he's he, cheating on you guys from the oh, fucking he beginning. He was cheating on oh, us. Oh, fuck yeah. He was finding guys. <laughs> and we would we would look at his PayPal accounts because we would just look at his stuff. We didn't care. And we'd be like, oh, God. He would, uh, he'd message all sorts of people, like have secret meetings for $100 full Nelsons or whatever. And the weirdest one is we found uh, – we found transactions on his PayPal for like $125 to this one guy that we don't we, we never met. We're like, who the fuck okay. is this guy? And he wouldn't admit to who it was. Long story short, he used to he knew a guy from somewhere and he would pay the guy, he'd message him on Facebook to have the guy call him and threaten him with a full Nelson and how he's gonna come over and break his neck <laughs> for like two or three minutes and then just hang up. And then he would PayPal him more money, and he'd get another phone call, and that was it. So what yeah, the hell? It never ends with that. He's the most interesting person I've ever met in my entire life. I wish there was a documentary on this man. Um, it's the fucking craziest thing I've ever been a part of. Is if, any, if anybody on Netflix is listening out there, contact <laughs> Pat Buck, and let's try to get a Netflix original uh, series on, on What About Bob? Yep, the full Nelson story. <laughs> Tales of sad... Sad full Nelsons. I, it, it's the greatest thing in the world. Oh, man. All right. Oh. I think with that, let's go ahead and take a quick break right here, and uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, guys. Just want to remind you that reading is fundamental, but so is listening to books on tape. Nothing better 
than just listening to your favorite written masterpieces instead of actually having the actual book. You can listen audibletrial.com backslash big guy over 180,000 titles to choose from. Look, we use this stuff when we're in our car on long rides. Pop in an audiobook, turn off the radio, educate your brain a little bit. They have books like The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak or Crush It. Why now is the time to cash in on your passion by Gary Vaynerchuk. I like his Facebook videos too. But here's what you do. Audibletrial.com backslash big guy. You sign up, helps us out. You get a free book, 30-day trial. One free selection. You don't like it, don't do it again. But hey, sign up. Give us a little credit. Keep this show. uh, Help us pay for our alcohol, and all will be right with the world. All right, back to the show. And we're back. I meant to ask you before, you didn't say what you're drinking this week. Ah, we can never go without mentioning. I'm going with the old Gascon Colossal Red Blend. (laughs) Mendoza, Argentina, 2012. Um, I actually got two different ones. Uh, I had the mother do a, a wine run earlier. Yeah. And uh, I also got NXNW 2012 Red Blend. It's a Colum- uh, Columbia Valley. One of these is the wine of the month. Which one that is, I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, they are, the, so far, the Gascon is uh, very, very good. Interesting. I actually really enjoy this. Yeah. I'm taking. I am drinking again. I went back. I felt great after last week. I woke up. I feel really lean after I drink vodka. Do you notice that at all? It does. So there's a there's a tipping point though. And then if you start doing that every day and we're like, oh, eventually it catches up to you. But okay. I, I only do this once a week. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> what like yeah. That's yeah. that's why I'm just mentioning it like and the red wine, like the red wine to get the true benefits is five to ten ounces. You know, I do two to three glasses during a podcast typically. Mm-hmm. Maybe four on some of these longer episodes, but uh, it's uh, and it doesn't bother me. Like I, today, on days I know that, like I'm for the podcast doing the red wine. I did today. I did 105 burpees today. Where I'm doing it now, I'm doing it where I do as many as I can in five minutes. Okay. And then today, I today I was shit on my because the record I got was 65 in five minutes, which is okay. that was I felt like really really impressive. Solid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been stuck in the 50s lately. Um, okay. Since then, and it's just because I know I think I was doing a hundred. I, I I knew I was doing two rounds today, so I mm-hmm. wasn't overly. I did like, I did fifty five and fifty in the okay in the two five minute rounds. So I did like five minutes. I think I took a minute and a half break in between, and then another five minute, uh, another uh, fifty, and then I did. Wait, tw- so you go you go straight through for the second round of fifty? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I can't do that at all. And Fuck. then and then I did. Uh, What's it called? I did uh, twenty on the elliptical after today. I be- twenty or th- yeah, twenty on the elliptical on level twenty one out of twenty five. So, which I go, I, I go really hard. like. That's another thing. If you ever see me on the elliptical, I actually had one fan once, and it he was a guy had to be a guy in Vegas. I had the uh, that oxygen training mask on. Yeah, and I I was doing I do I do it on level twenty one, which it goes to twenty five. I you look at most people that do the elliptical, they'll put it on like two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah. On mm-hmm. an easy level. Like I have it on those levels where it like burns your legs. But it's that's where I'm at on those. And uh I had a guy like make a com a shitty comment one week who of course didn't come up to me while I was in the gym, but he made a tweet, which he's been since been blocked. 
that like <laughs> I, you know, get rid of the gimmick and learn how to do real cardio. And I'm just oh like, holy God. fuck, it never ends. I can't even do, like, I was like, I would love to strap that oxygen mask, which is on the highest level, making it mm-hmm. very extremely hard to breathe on that fucking piece of shit who said that while he just tries to fucking live his normal everyday life sitting on the couch. He would fucking have a heart attack. <laughs> and like, let alone doing cardio on level 21 on the elliptical. And I'm just like, fuck off. But Jesus yeah. Christ. It, it never ends. It, I'm telling you, it just, it never ends. But it's, uh, you block him one fucking mark at a time. And I'm drinking as I take another sip. Uh, Tito's vodka again. Uh, I, I was never a seltzer guy. And just recently I got back into or for the first time, I'm enjoying drinking seltzer lately. And then I put a little lemon juice on top of it. And uh, that's uh, Tito's Vodka for tonight. Is seltzer the one that has carbs and sugars in it? Or you, is that like club no. soda? Club soda, like club. So, soda water. Yeah, yeah. soda water. Oh, like, I, I love soda water. Seltzer doesn't have anything in it. Or tonic, does tonic water have stuff in it? Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Tonic water, uh, to, or the tonic, um, there's, I know there's a, there's a seltzer or a tonic that has like sugars in it. Like that's full blown sugar, but it, really? it doesn't like, yeah, I think actually Zevia makes a, I believe Zevia makes like a, no, but there's one that have sugar in it. There was another brand. There's another brand that has, I looked at it and it was like 30 grams of sugar or something. And I was just like, Oh yeah. Worst thing you could do for yourself. We'll talk about that later. Actually coming up tonight. Fred, you know, towards the end of the podcast, we're going to talk about basic nutritional tips. Uh, and I got 10 listed right here just to kind of keep, uh, you know, take what you will from it, but that can kind of help you with your daily um, nutritional needs. Uh, so that's going to come up later on in the podcast tonight. But uh, before we do that, let's talk some fake fighting. And uh, big news out of, the, sure. out of the fake fighting world, especially for the, the Hall of Fame. Uh, on a positive note, they uh, Beth Phoenix will be going into this year's Hall of Fame, uh, which oh that is awesome. That's great. Yeah, I think it's a. She's from our class. Like, it's, is she like the first one to kind of from like our era? Yeah, I mean, because I mean, she's alarmingly young to go into a Hall of Fame. I think, but you know, certainly how how many years was she in WWE? Do you think? Did she have a good five or six years up there? I would think so, and I think even with developmental, had to have been right. Yeah, probably. I'm assuming. I don't know that we should. I should probably do research before I talk about something. But I do. I don't think she was there when I came back as Ryback in 2012. But she was there when I was Skip Sheffield in Nexus. Really? She was gone by that point. I believe so. Huh. Okay. Yeah, because Edge uh, retired. That WrestleMania that I was still out with the ankle injury oh, okay. before my third surgery, and I think she left closely after. Yeah. That that or around some that makes sense if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I just remember her from. Could it so nice? Yeah, she's the best. She was the first person I met when I was nervous as fuck, uh, and I joined the contract class at OVW. I got there super early, and she got there, and I assumed that she was under contract, and she wasn't yet. She was hot. Oh, yeah. Really? She was hired like, um, I think uh, she was hired like within a month of that, though. Like, so it was kind of like she was just super nice. And like within a month or so, like she was down there for a while. She like paid her own way to go down there and kind of worked her way yeah. in. And then they gave her an opportunity. But she's just a real sweetheart. And, you know, con- big congratulations to her. She, yeah. No, that is. Uh... 
just such a good, nice girl and a woman, I should say. And um, I always, she was always so nice. Mm-hmm. Like it's like one of the you'll never hear a bad thing about Beth Phoenix. No, so never. That is. Uh, that is that is really really cool. And indirectly, uh, be happy. she. I don't dare I say that. You know, it's kind of a weird story, but I wanted to mention that specifically because it had an effect on me. Um, you know, I knew her. I didn't know her that well. She was always, like I said, just a nice nice woman, always around, always worked hard, great matches, perfect for wrestling. But there was a time period when I left, failing to get a job at NXT as a referee. Uh, and I came back and started okay. started my own first before I started my own thing. I worked as a trainer for a different place, and that didn't work out. I forgot about that. You were a gym trainer for it was a while. Personal, yeah, it was personal training, and I was also on the side. I was wrestling, coaching, pro wrestling training at a different place at, okay. that wasn't for myself. And then that didn't work out. And then I was doing independence, and that wasn't working out either. So I'm like, you know what? I've done this long enough. I'm gonna. You know, I'm, I'm going to kind of stop like there, it's just not meant for me. So I started personal training in the city and then this really weird opportunity kind of presented itself that never came. Uh, I don't even know if you know about this thing. Um, there was a L.A. project where a former Fox studio head had a had a wrestling. Um, you did tell me about yeah, this before. It was, I remember it was, this, it was yeah. called Wrestling Retribution Project. And yep. it was a really like all star cast, and they, it was it was Kenny Omega, it was Gallows, Anderson, Chris Hero, uh, Cabana, um, gosh, Adam Pierce. It was a real like pretty awesome locker room. Uh, the Dreamer, Lance Storm, and someone else were the agents for it. Uh, it was a well, and I'm forgetting guys, and I feel bad because it was just such a fucking awesome lineup, and, and it was a really golden opportunity. Sammy Callahan, Alex Reynolds, Kevin Matthews was on it too, Ken Doan was on it, <clears throat> Joey Ryan. Um, there was about 14 or 16 of us, and basically, like this thing seemed like it was going to be a really big deal, like, uh, but I wasn't on it yet, and okay. but someone tipped me off saying that hey, you should message this director. Um, because there could be an open role for you. And I'm like, eh, I'm out. I'm not going to chase chase it anymore. Um, and I was listening to Cole Cabana's podcast when he had Beth Phoenix on. And at that time, I was so mentally defeated. I'm like, you know, I put in all this work to be a part of something. I haven't made it in wrestling. All my friends have made it. I felt like a fucking loser. I felt like a total fucking okay. loser. And then when I listened to that podcast, for some reason, she started talking about OVW and about how there's so many guys that, like, you know that got their breakdown there. And then there's guys that like, you know, work their butts off that it just didn't happen for. And they mentioned me and they had, she had some really uplifting things to say. And for some reason that just like struck a chord that it actually made me write an email to the director of the guy named Jeff Katz. And I got that role. And, uh, so yep. I was casted as, it was a one, two, three kid character. I was a, ironically, I was a job guy. <laughs> And then I have uh, <laughs> for like the first like four episodes, and then I I went over on Pierce, and I think who else I work with Anderson and MVP, and uh, you were Pat Hor- Pat Horowitz for that booking, I pretty believe. much uh, Munt- Muncie <laughs> McGee, and uh, was my was okay. my name. <laughs> so we filmed all this stuff, and it was great. It was on the Muppet uh, Studio lot, but the, the footage never came out. Nobody has seen people have seen clips of it, but. Uh, but that started the spark back in me, like, oh, I'll give it a shot. And then I started to enjoy wrestling again and eventually led me to 
start my own thing and keep up. But if it wasn't for that listening in that particular moment, I would have never wrote that email, which kind of would have lifted my spirits to get back into it. Maybe I would have, maybe I wouldn't have. But so Beth always has a small part in, uh, you know, my heart for that stuff. So congratulations, Beth Phoenix. Yeah, no, congratulations. And just, uh, you know, to touch on that, it's amazing. You know, we get the positive feedback and everything and you, you can never, you never know who's going to hear what you say Mm -hmm. and, and who it's going to motivate. And I, and I, I, you know, with a lot of the letters and I've, I've had people come up to me here in Vegas and that listen and say, thank you. But like, they don't understand, like it's all one big circle of motivation. We all motivate each other. And, uh, you know, everybody out there motivates us, you know, and, and thank you for telling us we motivate you. And, you know, what a great example right there of just Beth Phoenix doing a, a simple interview, but possibly could have changed your entire direction of your career and your life. Yeah. So I, what a cool story. I, and I'm congratulations, Beth Phoenix. You deserve it. And other news, uh, we can just touch on things real quick. Uh, the Hardys have officially not resigned with, with, uh, is that a, is that a thing? Yeah, they're they're gone. They're gone from the company. They um, nobody knows. I have it. I I just think it would just make complete sense if they go back to WWE. You know, they were one of the biggest acts ever. The time is right right now. It, it's kind of obvious to me why wouldn't they go back there? I don't think they have any issues. I would think that's all. Yeah. You know, I think it's just a matter of time. Especially, I I would imagine if their careers are towards the late, you know, the end. <laughs> Uh, like to go out beyond they were they were essentially they started there kind of, I mean they started on their own but they kind of grew up in WWE if you remember mm-hmm. watching them as enhancement talents and whatnot and then kind of eventually going I remember with uh, Doc Hendricks right yeah PS Michael PS Hayes and like I remember watching back then and I you know it was cool I got to wrestle Matt you know months ago and it was uh, such a nice guy and Jeff is we got to wrestle with him I teamed with them. And uh, they're both, you can just tell when you meet somebody, like, they're, there's no egos egos or anything of that nature. They're just two cool dudes. and um, I get it. I totally get it for them. And especially if, you know, if the money's right where they're at at this point in their life. Because I'd imagine, you know, they're, they're, especially on the independents, I know they're doing mm-hmm. extremely Absolutely. well. And, and whatnot. But there's, you know, if they're at that, that later stage of their career, and uh, I can I can totally see that. And I, are they going to go like? Is that like confirmed they're going back, or is it just kind of a rumor? I think it's right it's now? a complete rumor. But I just I just think that that just makes total sense. I've kind of been thinking in that way for months. And I actually think it's better for both companies if they go back there because I think that for the situation that Impact is in, which I do believe that's the name of the company. I, don't, I it's not TNA, even though we keep saying that. Um, for the for the being what Impact has to deal with. You know, I would think that would free up, you know, a little bit of of finances to kind of invest into, dare I say, newer talent or give, you know, the company a little bit of a makeover, which seems yeah. to be happening with talents coming and going. And, and you know, uh, I look forward to that greatly and hopefully everyone benefits in the long run. The um, would, would they be going back as, as like the broken Hardys sort of thing? Or if they did, or would it be more like the original Hardy boys? Or is Matt, I mean, Matt's broken Matt Hardy character. They're both doing it now, right? I mean, like it's, it's pretty old. Yeah, that's, so like, that's the thing. It's like, what happens? They come out to the old music or, and there's, a, there's, does he own that phrase broken? That's another issue I've heard that has come up. Um, okay. I don't know. 
you know, I really don't know. The wise thing would do would be would be introduce those, you know, different. If you want to maximize them, I, I would say don't even put them together. Put one on each brand. Save the reunion for another type. Yeah, Matt's over in his own right, and Jeff's always going to be Jeff. So I'd put put yeah. one on red and one on blue, and you know, and Jeff and I will say Jeff was when Jeff just being Jeff Hardy, you know, he was he was running hot there for a long long time. Dare I say Jeff was always the maybe the more popular one? Yeah, up until and until broken yeah. Matt Hardy, which I think Matt Matt surpassed mm-hmm. him. Um, and, and I'm, that's awesome. Like, cause you usually, that usually doesn't happen no. and you could tell there's they're such, you can tell they're not only brothers. They're Rick Steiner never, and never got that, that. <laughs> no, that's a great example. Yeah. Great example. And it, it's not enough. That's just kind of the way that it always goes. And it's, uh, so I'm happy that for brothers, they both can experience that in, in both being, you know, kind of, and I, I know they're both cool with it. And, but I think. You can get two number ones out of that by by splitting them and uh, and doing that. Let Jeff be Jeff, and let let Matt be broken. Yeah. And uh, I think you you got two great talents right there, regardless sure. of how you use them. But and save uh, the whole I, old I'm, Hardy Boy reunion for another time. They're just yeah, no, that's no, that would totally make sense. And uh, those guys are they're great. And uh, if they choose to go that path, they know they know what they're signing up for. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They've been there. They were there for many, many, many years. And I'm sure they would be welcomed with open arms. So uh, that's cool. That's cool news. And I don't know if I have any other news. Oh, Jack Swagger, you know, as we say this, uh, asked for his release from the company. I actually, I got a tweet by somebody today that was uh, asking if I had his contact. (laughs) Um, which, by the way, on the email, I also I saw that there was a holy shit. Yep. Some somebody asking about who you were in a full blown conversation with on like negotiating an appearance, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it randomly just Mister Reeves, <laughs> do you have pa- do you have Paige's number? And I I was at the gym and I saw that and I was just like, what the fuck? Uh, like it was so random, but it, it's um, random and it's like rude because they were asking the, to book you. Having a yeah. conversation with me and then asking for the information, I give them that and they go, do you have a contact for some, for someone else? <laughs> yeah, it, just mind numbing on that. But that's uh, no surprise on Jack Swagger. And I'm, I'm very happy for him, actually, if that is 100% the case and that he did um, leave WWE. I remember seeing him there. He was always studying and um, he was going to school. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, I know the last couple of years there, he was always had his stuff with him and um, his laptop or his books and whatnot. And uh, he was always putting in the, in the work, kind of preparing for life after WWE. And hmm. he, um, he had a lot of success there early on. And I feel like he was, he was definitely a guy that was underutilized. Um, I, especially I feel like in the, in the baby face role with we, the people, yeah. I think he could have. I think they could have done a lot more with him, and uh, it's very unfortunate. And and not to say that he's made mistakes in his past, and and who hasn't and whatnot. But he's always um, one. He's a you know a legit wrestler, a hell of an athlete. Yeah. And uh, I've wrestled him quite a few times, and like uh, he's he's always can go. Sure. Whether you know, and I, he's um, 
it's he's been there for a long, long time, and I don't know what the I can only imagine, you know, at this stage of his life, and he has a family, and he has a wife and a kid, and um, it's just, you know, bigger and better things. So congratulations, Jack Swagger. You made a great move. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe we'll see him on uh, WrestlePro or, you know. I don't I don't see him as a guy that really cares about a lot of outside independent. He says he wants to wrestle in Japan and Mexico and England, but you know, who, who's okay. to say? You know, who I, I think... I'm curious to see what happens with him. I think I was his like second match because I think he might have had like one in Deep South, and then when he came over, um, okay, I know Al put me with him really early on. But I think for a guy that didn't really know a lot about, yeah, granted he was a real wrestler, he didn't really know a whole lot about pro wrestling when he first started, uh, or like was a, I don't think he was a fan. He know he wasn't a fan. I'll say that right here. He no, I believe yeah, I, be- I don't believe he was. And, uh, I think he, I think he's one of the better examples of someone being a non-fan that got really good, and he had all the physical yep. attributes to to do that. You know, uh, you know, like just you know, it turned out that they got a lot out of him. They could have probably done more with him, but at the same time, hey, it happens. And I will say, and because you have the guys that like spend their entire lives in the independence, there's no right or wrong no. on anything. It's once it's once you get signed, it's what you do from exactly. that moment on. That's. And like, it, 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 honestly, it doesn't matter if you slept in your fucking car. Good for you. Like, that's your story. That motivates you. That's what drives you. That works for you. That's your hunger. That like, and that's cool. But like, and you should never judge anybody because they didn't have to do that or whatnot. And a lot of guys do. We should, and we like, should talk about that. Remember the conversation we're having and, and I've had this conversation. We can name names eventually if you want to, but how it's kind of alarming that almost everyone's gimmick to a certain degree, is that they were marks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that was, and that's been mentioned by Trent. Beretta was telling me, and, and Trent will have no problem with us talking about this, mm-hmm. that him and all the Japanese guys, they joke about the WWE roster that all their gimmicks are that they're huge fucking marks for the business. Yeah. Like that, and I laughed at that when I heard <laughs> that, and I was like, what? And he goes, he was the only character that should have that is Bailey, And... And like he goes, that's her character, mm-hmm. and that works. And he like, and I was like, I can see that. But even that, I go like, that's not a character. Like, it's <laughs> not at all. Like, and, and not to say that it's right or wrong, but it, it's a very interesting point. And um, and and the people that aren't that character aren't there. And there's a lot of them that have left. So I don't know. It's. Uh, Definitely an interesting uh, topic if we do choose to go down that road. Yeah, I think so. I think that and someone, uh, or maybe I'll save it for our next part. Do you want to move on to uh, the old blast from the past? We want to try something new here on the podcast. Yeah, I was talking about this earlier, and I I told you last night because a fan tweeted me something about TLC 2012. Okay. Uh, The Shield versus Team Hell No, Daniel Bryan and Kane and Ryback. And... um, it, I, I was like, man, I don't think I've actually ever s- sat and watched that entire match back. And um, I went and watched the entire thing last night before bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I messaged you this morning. I was going to message you last night, but I knew you were sleeping. I didn't want to wake you up with a Voxer. And uh, you went and watched. You actually watched the entire pay-per-view today. So I think that's a cool little thing to do uh, now before we go into the uh, nutritional stuff and, and our, everything we do to close. But well, let's do a little blast from the past. And the reason why to do this, not to steal a different format, but I think it's refreshing that it's relatively 
within you know the last th- this was what 2012 so it's on the timeline not something four and a half years ago r- yeah with guys that are all actively involved and from a person that lived it so what i kind of want to do is what i thought would be interesting is uh i did cardio to this today and i watched the whole pay-per-view and i took little notes and just seeing you know what people maybe remember at the time or, or throwing things out there about this event in particular you know, not about not okay. about the quality of matches. I don't give a shit about that. But just like little things that I go, hmm, that makes me wonder about that. Or or what were what was the locker room thoughts on this? What were your personal feelings towards that? And maybe see how this goes. If it works out, we can do more of this. And if it doesn't, then we'll never fucking do it again. Yeah, I think we'll we'll kind of rely on fan feedback for the blast from the past segments, you know, and uh, things that I know that I was directly involved in or around for, and we can kind of. We're not going to revolve the entire podcast sure. around it, but we will. Uh, I think having, like I said, multiple segments, and not everyone is always going to be every week, but um, I think it's refreshing to have different things every week. And um, out of that, I was going to ask was that match, the Shield versus Team Hell No and Ryback, were we a match of the year candidate for that, or did we win match of the year for that? Uh, I don't know if you won match of the year, but I know Meltzer and his uh, star rating was very high. You were, you were 4.5 out of 5. How many matches has Meltzer ever had? Uh, n- none. Yeah, so I discredit him. So. <laughs> well, like, he's the one that he was... decides the match of the year, isn't he? I mean, I mean, I don't, I didn't know that. I fucking go by fans. Which I again, think there's a voting process so. through. I don't fucking know. I don't. You mean there's not like a team of a, like of real wrestlers who have actually wrestled? No, why would there that be? Determine the Just match of the click year. Click on the match you like. That's what matters. What What other profession does that? Where they pick. <laughs> The best, and they rely solely on the people that have never done it or have any experience doing it where they get to decide. Man. That's fucking stupid. So we got TLC, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. Again, this is 2012. Uh, You're on the main promotional poster, which I think is a hell of a poster for the... I remember doing the shoot for that, actually. I think it might have been in Buffalo. Okay. And I have a good memory on a lot of things. I remember, and I'm almost positive it was Buffalo... And I remember it took a long, long time, and they had to stack. They like legitimately had to stack backstage, like all these tables and like chairs. So and- when they do this, they you know they're like, "Hey, we have an idea for artwork." See, I never knew that. I thought they would just superimpose you in. They actually have chairs uh, and stuff around you. Yeah, yeah, no shit. I would have thought you would have superimposed the guy too, but I had to throw my gear on super early, early on a TV <laughs> day, and, and, and probably the rib was on me because I've never seen them do a shoot on. <laughs> Like this, I'm pretty sure they're like, huh, let's fucking actually make him do the shoot. Uh, Pat, slap my ass. <laughs> um, fucking, I'm standing on piles of chairs and like flexing over and over. And I wanted to pass out. I was flexing <laughs> so long. And they're like getting different shots of like, we need you to like take a step here. And like chairs are fucking sliding out from underneath <laughs> me. And like, they, dude, legit like, had a table and had me break a table. Like smash, like Ryback smash, boom, and break a table, and like getting shots, and like I'm fucking hurting my hands, dude, insane. But you would have think thought we would superimpose me for that, but just know anybody that has that TLC poster, that is as fucking real as that's, it gets. That's interesting. Right off the bat, I didn't think the artwork would be interesting. So now, yeah, this is right before the Slammies, mind you. Um, this is also the I had a big year the in ring debut of the Shield. Uh, or at least that's what it says here in the notes. 
Yeah, it and was. Now, this is at Barclays in Brooklyn, New York, which is the first ever WWE event in Brooklyn because Barclays was a brand yeah. new arena. Um, the attendance, I believe, uh, was quoted at 15,748, which is pretty much damn near capacity at Barclays. It was crazy, yeah. Um, so just going down the card of different things um, in a dark match, you know, real quick. And this goes into like my argument. And I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of say real quick. Uh, J- JTG okay. defeated David Atunga, which obviously just for the crowd there from Brooklyn, that yeah. kind of makes sense to me. Um, pre uh, on the pre-show, Naomi won a uh, Santa's Little Helpers Battle Royal to determine her to be the number one contender for the WWE Divas Championship. Kind of okay. kind of interesting to see how things have changed where I don't think they'll have like Santa's little helpers dressed in, you know, to fight for the women's or, you know, the Divas titles now gone. But I guess they were just setting up a match for, um, for Naomi to take on Eve Torres later in the night. So yeah. that was... I always liked Eve Torres. Eve was always super nice. Oh, and uh, what should we call it? Sorry, sorry to cut you off. And we'll get into her when... Because uh, she has a match on the show, and I think this is one of her last matches. Okay. So the first match, and and this is I think interesting. I want to get your take on that. It's the Rhodes Scholars, Cody Rhodes and uh, Damian Sandow take on Sin Cara and uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. And at this point, Sin Cara has changed. I don't know what time period that was, but do you remember the transition, or what were the thoughts on the original Sin Cara versus? The one now that everybody seems to really like and enjoy uh, versus the original. Was there any stuff you remember about that? Uh, yeah. I, I, Hunico, who is Sin Cara now, is, is somebody that I, I truly, truly enjoy and like very, very much. And I, and I think that's safe to say probably everybody outside of the vaudevillain who got his ass kicked by him because the one, is it Gotch? Yeah. Or no, yeah, Gotch, the dickhead. Uh, deserved it every bit of that, but who I will never ever just a complete asshole, and I not have a good thing to say about him. The other guy, Aiden English, I think is fine. Um, but uh, the more I always pop when I get messages for burying the one vaudevillain because he is <laughs> legit. Like nobody likes him. So, uh, so you saying the locker room's cheering Mark, on your hatred of the one vaudevillain? <laughs> yeah, and and I don't like hate him, hate him, but he was an ass. Like he's just I don't know. He's either really ignorant. And clueless or just a fucking dickhead. And uh, I couldn't have been happier when I found out Hunico Sinkara kicked his ass. But it, uh, he, I think everybody would pick Hunico sure. Sinkara now over, over the original Sinkara. But the, I will say the, it, it sucks. And this is WWE logic for you. The original Sinkara, and, and I, he was always really nice to me when I met him. Like he was, I never saw any of the the things that people said, but I, I know there's a lot of guys who I'm close with who 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 weren't too fond of him, and who uh, was originally he, Mystico and very yeah Mystico. people thought he was on par to be the second coming of of Rey Mysterio. He could do as equal, if not more, athletic things than Rey Rey did in his in his prime. But I I, I will say though he could not speak English yeah. very well. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that was his biggest downfall in the WWE and the fact that I don't know that he didn't try to learn English. Um, but I, that's just my personal opinion. I think that was a real barrier because WWE, a lot of the things are mapped out and planned out. And if you can't speak English and if things don't go right and you need to communicate really quick in uh-huh. there, 
if you can't speak the language, it is, and it's not that it's, it's, he would have done himself wonders probably learning English to work in WWE. Um, But I have always said it's kind of always mind blowing. They like gave him merchandise right out of the, the gate and like pushed him heavily. And then like Hunico, who's always been well respected and has always busted his ass and, and this and that has not been given half of that mm-hmm. um, since taking over the Sin Cara gimmick. And um, it's just the way things work there. It's just ass backwards. It's just um, a guy who a lot of people didn't have a high opinion of. They gave the world to, and then, but eventually it didn't work out. Then the guy who has busted his ass and is, is legit, and they, they have not given half of that to. So... Um, but, uh, you know, it was... Do you uh, think Hunico... There's only, there's only one Rey Mysterio, too, by yeah. the way. And they'll never... And, and let, not, Rey is Rey. And, there's, and I think anyone who listens to this that in wrestling will understand there's only one Rey. There will only ever be one Rey, and that's the way it's going to go down. Do you think Hunico makes the most of a, of a bad situation? I, I think he did. I mean, I think it was... You know, he, he does his part very well and made the most out of that character, but... Um, and I think fans and he fans are prejudiced yeah. against like the original one where they expected like these, you know, that there was a lot of people like to say the original Sin Cara messed up all his own moves and there were, you know, stuff happens. And I think the injury on TV where he like jammed his finger and kind of called for the match to be stopped really yeah. put a sour taste in people's mouths. So, and I think, and again, I, and I, I honestly believe him not being able to speak English was his biggest, I, I just think, like, and I felt like when a situation like that happens too, and he can't communicate it to anybody, mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know. I don't want to say anything. I, no, I that makes sense. It's a fair point. I wasn't, fair point. That maybe he panicked and that he didn't know what else to do because he doesn't speak the language. Yeah. And, like, that seemed like, like, so you always got to look at it from the, in the person's shoes and, and not to say that, you know, he shouldn't have learned English or, or done a better job of it coming over to work in WWE. But it, it, it's, you know, he was always nice to me. So I can't gotcha. say anything. I don't, I, yeah, I wasn't out there for it. And I didn't see the context of how it happened and, and whatnot. But I, I just know he, I think the language barrier didn't do him any favors okay. by, by any means. So the match is great. And uh, it's a tables match to open up with. Um, it was a great finish, by the way. But one thing I was kind of like, I'm curious with this. This happens a lot on WWE pay-per-views. Now, granted, the house got to see kind of a regular dark match with JT. You know, a singles match, short, get them going. But the pay-per-view yeah. crowd gets to see this really almost this barn burner of a match. I mean, the, the crowd's going ape shit. It's a tables match. It's a gimmick match. And I just think it's kind of a weird layout for what follows. Like, how do the guys feel about opening up a pay-per-view card for the first match people see and it's almost you know there's other singles matches on the card with no tables or ladders or you know that they kind of have to have a, almost a cold even though there's feuds like kind of a cold match and the first match which I'm all about having a, a great opener but they are guys concerned about burnout or anything at all as far as when well when you say burnout and, and opening, are you talking about the match that follows this or just pretty much? What do you, well, what let do me you... go into the ne- so the next match is r Truth versus uh, at the time he's now Antonio Cesaro. He's not Cesaro yet uh, for the U.S. title, and I just think it's kind of a, a interesting you know the the pay per views tables, ladders, and chairs, 
And rather than starting with a singles match where I think a built-in energy of the crowd is going to be there for the first match that they see, and R-Truth yeah. and Cesaro are both great performers, why not have that kick off the show and save your table stuff for later or spread it out a little bit more as opposed to just starting right off with a bang and almost putting these next couple matches against the grain. Uh, so in, in WWE does this a lot. So what they will do is it is to protect somebody later on in, in the night. Um, somebody else has a gimmick match, maybe the main event, and maybe there's other gimmick matches for the pay-per-view uh, and whatnot. So what they will do is they will separate them um, and what happens, and they, and I get it because, you know, a TLC, you know, that met later on in the night, we had a lot of things going yeah. on. So you want to give a little space. You don't want anything right before that, possibly even the two matches before that. So what they will do is they will open the pay-per-view up red hot with a, with a match they know that is going to kill mm-hmm. it. And, and, and then the match that follows kind of suffers and it's just kind of the way, but you got to look at it like the main event is the most important match on the show. And and they will they will do everything to protect that to build up to that, so that is why I feel that they do that, and uh, it sucks. I followed. I've done. I told you, me and Rusev are <laughs> one of our programs. There, they uh, we ended up. I told you we were doing like twenty five minutes on the live events and killing it, and it eventually came out where we got to the pay per view, and I remember Vince like, God, you guys are fucking killing it. And they gave us like seven or eight minutes on a pay-per-view following a gimmick match. Okay. And we got, I've never gotten more hate tweets or social media dislikes on things. And that match was perfectly technically fine. Everything, we did exactly everything they wanted. But like fans just shit all over it because it was a gimmick pay-per-view or something. And we had a regular straight up match that was short, no time, no story, and just like, and, and like, I was just like, fuck, people are so goddamn stupid. But it's like, it, it, it's not an easy position to be in. Okay. But that's why they do it, I think. Okay. Are you a fan of that? Or do you, or do you think it would be better? Kind of builds it. Or, or uh, I guess it depends on what's well, on the card, right? It, it depends on what's on the card. And I would imagine there's probably a ladder match on this card. Yeah. And a chairs yep. match. So they're trying to space it out. And they want that you want to leave the match before the main event. Definitely a straight up match. So... It's, I get it. Uh, I honestly, I understand that. That's, that's not them. Like they're, they're doing what they can do to protect the main event okay. in the, in the situation. So in, in this match, um, I feel like truth was coming off of a, he's baby face again after having, you know, years prior, what I personally feel, I don't know if you agree or not, that truth as a heel with the, the little Jimmy thing was on par. I think he could have been main event level. Do you, do you, yeah, he was, uh, that was beyond entertaining, and he is good enough to, I feel like, play any role in, in WWE. And um, I, I, I know he is personally one of Vince McMahon's favorite people, mm-hmm. by the way. He, Vince brings him to Iraq with him every year, and like I just know truth makes Vince laugh like no other. So um, that's why he's always going to have a job yeah. there. And no he doesn't age, how, really. Like, he looks the same since 97. He looks, he looks exactly the same. Since he was 22 years old. <laughs> and he's now 57. <laughs> Truth, I'm kidding. We, he, I, I don't know his exact age, but it's, he's a little older than uh, 22. So the, the match is fine. Here's a little thing I want to get speak about or have an opinion about. So um, towards the end, the finish is Truth goes for a suplex. Cesaro slips behind him in a waist lock. 
and drives him forward to almost kind of capture the referee in the corner. So like, so mm-hmm. the referee's view is distracted because the referee cowers away. Then uh, while he's carried away, Cesaro hits him with an uppercut from behind, kind of like a, a, a cheap shot from behind. It hits his finish. Yep. Um, and retains the, the U.S. title. Do you think that WWE obviously has their rules where like, you know, back in, I don't know when the rules changed, but like stuff like eye pokes and different things like that were taken away where now it's almost really, dare I say, impossibly hard to cheat like some of the greats used to and used to be allowed to do so, where you have to come up with like ultra creative ways to not quote, bury your referee because certain things aren't allowed anymore. Do you think it's too hard for heels to, you know, quote, get heat. I like, because there used to be, yeah, it's, it's almost to me, I, 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 any flare angle, you name it, like you go to the eyes, you know, and I know it's like, Oh, you can't do it in front of the referee, but I wanted your thoughts on that. Yeah. And that's, it's, we all always used to talk about that producers on down that it's really hard for heels to get heat in WWE today. And it's like, really, there's really not that much, you could do and compare to what the the heels of yesteryear used to do and and, and Vince has always always changing his mind on what he wants and what he doesn't want and I know I personally lost to eye rakes from Kevin Owens multiple times mm-hmm. um for the IC title that was like something they and I just I I don't know I I just it's definitely it's definitely harder you know you win or you lose it's I I think fans are kind of I think fans have evolved past like outside of the ones that truly believe like outside of that. But like, it, it's really, you win or you lose these days outside of, of rare examples, but like it's, um, so maybe Vince is on kind of thinking along those lines. I don't know. Okay. Um, but it's definitely, he's taken away a lot of the tactics that heels used to use in the past and it doesn't make it easy. And I think a lot of things go unregistered when like a heel tries to do something, you know, like that, like Cesaro doing that, and that was advised to probably do that, or he came up with that, and like three quarters of the audience probably didn't like look at that as being shady or yeah. anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So. so after that, <clears throat> that's the match, and uh, we're taken to a video break. This kind of made me laugh. Uh, they had a, the tribute to the troops, which is always cool, but the thing promoting it was Tout, <laughs> the T O U T. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to know. We had meetings on. Oh. I want to know about Tout because no one, people seem to forget about this. <clears throat> we had many meetings in WWE over Tout where they brought us in. And I'll never, like, I remember Daniel Bryan always used to make funny jokes about it. Like, Tout. And like, just, <laughs> he was just like, man, Tout, we're going to kill it with Tout. And like, Dan saw the writing on the wall well before everybody else with all this. And, uh, because we all like we talked about this, me, Dan, and Cody. The fan, the the fans are the fucking the good fans, and then the, the fucking marks. They don't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, they want to say what they're going to say, but they want to be keyboard warriors behind their key behind their their computer screens. They don't want to. They don't want to be seen because what happens if you fucking recognize them when you see them? Like because then they're held accountable for their actions. That's why we all thought Tout wasn't going to succeed. And sure enough, Tout did not succeed by any means. Oh, man. It was, uh, it, and I haven't even looked, I haven't heard that word in fucking three <laughs> or four years. Is it still around? I hope it is. I, it's, I remember the first time I was actually, I was with Hawk, me and Hawkins went to the gym, 
And uh, he goes, look at this, man. He goes, He's like, I just, this is my first tout that he got back from a fan. And it was three teenagers sitting there and they pulled their like shirts over their shorts and were just making the jerk off symbol. <laughs> like just kind of like Jesus. into the camera. It's like, this is a mess. Like this is not something like. My question for this is, is Vince outside of taking the company over from Vince Sr. And, you know, he gambled on WrestleMania early on and, and, and parlayed that into a win. But everything else, I feel like, has not been, like, all that great. Like, and Tout is, is again, you know, with the Bodybuilding Federation, with ICO Pro, with the XW, uh, XFL, mm-hmm. and, and Tout. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. I'm all for, like, swing for the fences. But, like, clearly wrestling is his bread and butter. Yeah. But let's not make no mistakes about it. So after that, there's an interview segment with uh, Josh Matthews, who's now uh, Anthem Impact Wrestling's broadcaster and Ziggler. They set up the match later for uh, it's a him versus Cena in a ladder match for the Money in the Bank contract that I believe Ziggler has. Uh, the okay. next segment is Miz TV, and um, Ziggler. By the way, did he lose that match? He does later on. That's the main of uh, no. Actually, he wins that match. Uh, later on that night, was that because that was the year later on he cashed that in actually, um, the night after WrestleMania, where he turned face I believe right and won the championship uh, with Alberto Del Rio. They did a switch that I night, f- and because that was the night I turned on Cena, and I remember we both always talked about the two biggest reactions that mm-hmm. night were our two segments, and uh, but he's a guy that they have misused from time and time again and just never gotten behind fully and it sucks yeah i mean we we said we we're gonna talk about stuff like that on the on yeah this, we'll talk about that on this too Miz is uh i didn't know Miz was a baby face i kind of forget that there was like a short term where they were kind of doing that uh three-man band is his guests um and they just kind of have banter back and forth it kind of leads to a weird schmaz where three-man band decide to just randomly attack the mm-hmm. Spanish announced team for not speaking English, which leads to uh, Ricardo Rodriguez coming out, uh, getting bullied. Then Del Rio comes back and cleans house and uh, basically sets up for a three uh, three on three tag match later on where they have to have a uh, mystery partner. It wasn't a bad segment. It was kind of a little random, but, uh, you know. Yeah, you have those. That I mean, again, you got to make do certain times. You, they got a certain amount of time to fill and. In this day and age, I feel like they've out they they have too much product out right now, and it's uh, it works against them at times. But they always make the best of it, and and the guys always make it work. So after that, we're taken to a Kane and Daniel Bryan pre-tape for the uh, your interview, excuse me, for the or just talking to each other backstage thing set up later for the main events. Uh, yeah. The next is Matt Stryker's there. I think this is an interesting point because we uh, Stryker's interviewing uh, Wade for his upcoming match. And I think WWE is interested. They have a lot of people working in the backstage interviewer role. And I can't name, there's like four or five of them and I can't name one of them. It's almost like they've tried to remove the identity behind the person. That's a backstage interviewer. If that makes sense. Or they change them enough yeah. where you don't realize who's doing it. Where you quit caring eventually. Yeah. You know, Matt had an identity. I'm a huge fan of Matt friends with Matt. And, uh, you know, he was he's good in this position. He's good on commentary, I think. And 
you know, Matt, Matt has always been really, really good at everything. I feel like he does. And I think that like, I think he does a great job on commentary and he puts over the matches and the moves and he, he does his homework and he's well-educated. He's too smart for yep. them. And they don't, they never like that. That's my honest. That, that makes perfect like, sense. Yep. So Wade cuts a good for him. He should yeah, be. Wade makes, gets a couple cuts a promo on Kofi. Uh, they have a match. It's a good match. There nothing really to question there. The next goes to Heyman and Punk are uh, in a booth together, and uh, he announces as heel champion that you've put him there, and he's hurt. You hurt his knee, so uh, he's the longest reigning champion of yeah. a certain amount of days, um, and basically just kind of denies any. His his main thing is that he's denying any affiliation with the Shield. Um, yeah, and I remember this because they were doing, they were working. I remember during that period, there were talks of putting them with him and whatnot. So, or <laughs> alluding to it essentially. But I, I told you that when I, I got a lot of shit from people saying they, they thought I really hurt punk's knee from the, the fucking marks that believe the shit's real. Yeah. And, um, it always like, there's still people out there. They're listening you know, they're sitting out there right now that still think that I am responsible for, for him leaving or hurting him on like for, for angles. It's just fucking mind numbing. Crazy. Uh, one thing I'll take from this, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. You know, he was the longest reigning champion for like 400 something days. And I think it's really kind of sickening or it, it annoys me. It's one of the things I hear. I'm like, shut the fuck up. When people announce how many days they've had a title, because I think it only gets yeah. impressive if you've held it over a year. So if you get after 365, I get announcing that. But when you're at fucking day 73, who gives a shit? Uh, that's just my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, no, that was one of those things in the modern era. You don't see that that often. And he, <clears throat> you know, was able to, uh, to, to get himself that deal, the new deal with them, and get that where they were going to keep the title on him for a long time. And, uh, and good for him. That's, I'll never, let's, you know, that doesn't happen every day, but they, they like to, every titles change hands so often nowadays. It's, you know, I was telling you, I read Bob Backlund's book and like it titles back then there wasn't the TV exposure that there is now. So they could go a lot longer mm-hmm. with, with holding the titles. The product is sped up, you know, tremendously compared to what it used to be. And it's, I, I mean, the commentators, they will, you got to understand though, we got, they got new fans watching that don't know anything about past wrestling. Yeah. So while, while you know this, and this is their mindset, just so you understand Vince and Kevin Dunn and all them, they, they know these kids watching don't know shit about past wrestling. So they hear 73 days, man, that's my man, you know, champion for 73 days. Holy shit. Like they are. They buy in to what those commentators are. That's why the commentators today, they're not selling to the, to the older audience. They're selling to the kids mm-hmm. the, the, that come to the events, the live events that bring, all, that bring their older teenager brothers and sisters and family and mothers and fathers and grandparents. That's who they're selling to. That's who the commentary team is talking to constantly. So that's why they do what they do. Okay. Um, you you are you are marketing to your stupidest stupidest listener nonstop. Okay. If that makes sense, whether you're a kid or not, you're that's who you're marketing towards because the rest will get it. That's who you got to make sure the simplest of simplest minds understands what you're selling. Okay. So we're taking to the what I thought would have made sense to be the main event though, 
because <clears throat> it seemed like it was the feature match of the show, even though there was two main ones. Uh, we have Kane, Daniel Bryan, and yourself versus The Shield. And before I kind of tied over to you because you were there. Wait, were we were we the main event for that no. or no? Um, it was like what was the main event? Uh, Cena versus Ziggler, a ladder match. Wait, holy shit! I didn't realize. Okay. Yeah, which I, which I'm gonna have a couple notes, and then I'll turn it over to you, just because you're probably right, a lot to yeah, talk about. Go ahead. So uh, one thing is, um, the Shield came out second, which is a little strange to me. I thought because I just think that that's you know if they're unless there's a champion thing or like something really special, I would assume heels out first. Uh, Be, they were protected. There was a reason why they're called the yeah. Shield. Like they were there. Like yeah, yeah. So yeah. they were protected. Um, also on during her entrance two things i noticed one is that again we're remind that uh that punk has a torn meniscus and it's your fault and it's your fault that you don't have a title shot tonight because you tore punk's meniscus that's what wait they, they said say that? that as you come out uh for your entrance and i also noticed were you sick because you looked a little uh you looked like uh i don't know like a little light you know like a little small Wait, really? <laughs> no, I just wanted to put that in. There. Uh, I was gonna say I didn't think that Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I think that's all I had, so I can kind of turn it over if you have any thoughts on that. <clears throat> no, I'll, I'll say that if the you know the, that's what the, it's so out of your hands. The commentators what they say about you, but it like it truly. I remember during the heel run with with Axel during Rib Axel, I used to get so fucking frustrated. Because Vince was feeding JBL lines. Oh, this guy's so fucking stupid. This guy's this and that. And like, they, I remember they made up a lie that I, I remember one time that I was afraid to wrestle, arm wrestle Titus O'Neil. What? At like, yeah, dude, they would just make up shit to try to make me look bad. And I, and it would just be, I was like, what the fuck? And I wouldn't get mad at JBL because he's just doing his job. And like, it's Vince feeding him the shit and like, just you, it's so childish, but people don't know that. So people are like everything. Those goddamn commentators are like they're getting fed yeah. lines from fucking cranky Vince in Gorilla with his little fucking shitty protein bars filled with aspartame and sucralose, <laughs> and his little shitty protein shake filled with aspartame and sucralose, and fucking telling them who to bury and who to put over. And you could tell it because they go overboard each way on everybody. But uh. That match should have been main event, no mm-hmm. doubt. It was, uh, you know, but obviously uh, it goes without. Cena's going to make sure he was the main event during that time. He had a lot of pull and a lot of power, and he always has. And um, I guarantee you we were probably supposed to be the main event, but it was, uh, we went out there, we killed it that night. And it was, um, I love the Shield guys. I'll tell you from day one, like, it was, uh, the match was well put together. I love Kane. I love Daniel Bryan. Everybody, I think we all had, we'd done some live events together before that. And I think we had a couple of weeks of live events under our belts uh, working each other. But that was day, that was marketed as, as, as their in-ring debut TV-wise. And, uh, and everybody delivered in that match, I thought. And uh, it was, I went back and watched it. And I, I, the one thing I remember watching during that is I get really angry watching how I move. But it wasn't, it was because of my ankle. And hmm. looking back, I was like so fresh off. Like that was all like that first couple years up there. I remember that I was still 
And to this day, my athletic ability has not come back to what it was because I don't have full strength in my left leg. I could I go back and watch that and notice such a difference between now okay. and then, just how I move. And I know why it is because I didn't move like that before. And it's just like, fuck. But it's, I, I thought everything was great from top to bottom of that. And the only thing, I, there was one thing I remember, I got power bombed through the table, the triple power bomb, which I came up with for them, by the way. Um, did I ever tell you no. that? They needed a move, I remember, to put me down early on. I think it was that first, the pay-per-view before um, in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. the triple threat with me, Cena, and Punk. And uh, I had been powerbombing a lot of guys up to that point in different variations of powerbombs. And uh, I said to him, I go, why don't you guys do a triple powerbomb? Mm-hmm. Because they needed, they wanted a move they all three could do. And and I've talked about it on Twitter before, joking, and God damn it, did I regret ever <laughs> fucking saying that. Because I received more fucking triple power bombs than anybody on the roster at that point. But uh and, and they were all fine. But it was um they triple power bombed me through that, you know, uh the table at the end of that that one, and then they did it in the match at TLC. And I just remember it was a long time that I was down for. It seemed I wish there would have been a couple other points or one other point where they came back to me because even though the cameras weren't on me, it was just a long time. It was I don't know if it was between ten and twelve minutes mm-hmm. that I was down, but it's a long That's time long. to be down. Yeah, from a sure. <laughs> and, and just little things like that. And one other thing, and I got a lot of shit for this too from people. You remember the spot where Rollins he climbs the ladder, and I get up and uh, I climb the ladder towards the end of the match. This is going into the yeah. finish where he takes the bump through the tables and he takes that fucking bad bump. Yeah. I got a lot of shit from people saying that I fucked that whole thing up. Um, if, and again, if you are in wrestling and know anything about wrestling, it was that song that we couldn't practice. Yeah, what are you supposed to essentially. do? Like, um, I, I'm not real. And you know the whole situation. I'm not grabbing the back of his fucking pants and throwing him off that mm-hmm. ladder. Like, he's taking his own bump on that. But it's it's a hard bump for him. That ladder, those aren't sturdy. He has to push off that ladder and throw himself I'm simply placing my hand on the back of his fucking, his fucking pants and belt yeah. and whatnot. And like, I remember I got a lot of fucking shit for that Jesus. from fans. And I, it, it just never, it, it just, those things all. I, mean, I can't say I blame them because up. that night they were just painting this picture with the whole punk thing that you just hurt people. Da- dangerous. And that I hurt people in a bad way. Like that. They liked essentially the, their dar- internet darlings. Mm-hmm. And, and as a baby face, but it was, um, I also didn't like that we had me back on my feet, fully intact. And this was a directed, uh, close to go home that I not only get off the table, I fucking power back up. I stare a hole through Seth. I climb up the ladder. I throw him back into the tables and then I collapse and look like a weak little bitch. Yeah. And I lie on the ground and the finish, if you watch it, it just looks, you think, as a fan, you actually should hate me for not getting there, watching how yeah, they, they wanted right. me to crawl. And and it was little things like that time and time again that chipped away at my character and like where it made me look like a little bitch for not fucking running in the ring and making the save after the power bomb on Dan. And I remember I watched it last night and I got really angry because I remember that being told to do that and um, I think it's inter- watching it back. It's interesting you say that because when the, the finish happened, they all, they could have... I was wondering if that was a miscue because I figured they could have no, got to the power that bomb. That was exactly qu- his plan. Like a power bomb quicker 
with uh with Dan. And I, yeah, as you're crawling, it, I don't know why, but I thought of old school when Will Ferrell gets the dart in his neck, and he yeah, and yep. he's just kind of stumbling along and fall. Like again, it, it makes it makes people go, "Come on, man, get in the fucking like." It was like a bad. You get angry. Yeah. You don't. You don't like. You don't. And I wish I was just doing what I was sure. told, being a good soldier. I should have lied there. I should have collapsed off the ladder and just lied by the ladder and not given any mm-hmm. hope. Because that is would have been the right thing to do, but that was them not caring about me and knowing that and, and telling me to do Jesus. that. So, and, and and that's not me being bitter or being angry. That's me telling the truth on a fucking real situation. No, and it makes total sense because so. that's what brought you to kind of have the awareness that you have is because of situations like that where you realized what was time going and at. time again and yeah and being oh fall on your face with Mark Henry on your back and botch your finish. Mm-hmm. Wait, why? Like you don't do that with anybody, guys. Like come yeah. on. So but that, that's the truth of the situation. But match-wise, I, I enjoyed the entire thing, and the crowd was electric. I remember there was one point in that match. Uh, I did a spear, actually, on Dean Ambrose because Goldberg chants had happened one point earlier. Feed Me More chants were very heavy in that match. Mm-hmm. And I did the spear, the Goldberg chants fucking erupted again, and I put this in there on purpose because we talked about this. I go, they're going to chant Goldberg after I do the spear. I go, watch how I fucking turn it. And sure enough, I go to the corner for the Feed Me More clothesline, and they all switch to Feed Me More mm-hmm. and, uh, and drowned out the Goldberg chants. And if you watch it back, you can go back and see that. And it was a cool moment. Nice. Um, but I, yeah, so it was a good, cool night, but we should have definitely closed the show. I, I think day. so. And what, what follows after that, Eve Torres, I believe this was her last championship match, wrestles Naomi, who's very new at the time. Um, it's okay. kind of a, it's a rough match because, you know, I think Eve did an excellent job, but I don't think she was ever at that point where she could lead someone new through a, you know, okay. so they get through their match and it is what it is. Uh, the next is big show has a pre-tape with Matt Stryker about the, it's show I believe has the title him and Sheamus in a chair match. Um, match happens and the finish was awesome. It's something I forgot about, but big show pulled out a gigantic chair from under the ring. That was like the size of him, which I'm like, this is such a unique idea that they could have had him run with. I've never, I, I don't remember even seeing it the first time. He had a huge, giant chair under the ring that he used to beat Seamus with. I just thought that was a very creative idea that everybody forgot. They could have got more mileage out of that. They could sure. have had that, especially as a heel. I mean, this giant that has this Big, fucking yeah. giant chair with him. I'm like, that, that you know, was made for nothing. Uh, Big Show's always gotten the short end of the stick, because you know, and he's he's always been a good soldier for them. And I wish he would just fucking leave, but I don't. It's you know, and if he left too, never, he would be in such high demand everywhere. He would make more money probably than he would be there. But it's a lot of guys are just kind of like whether he's being loyal, but like they fucking have dressed him up like a goddamn baby in a diaper for New Year's commercials, yeah. and like they've. He's he's been put through the ringer time and time again, and you know he's such a, he's a great guy. Then there's a segment backstage with Cena with uh, AJ, who's now um, in a Cena shirt. I AJ, not AJ uh, Styles, but AJ, AJ Lee. And yeah. uh, the whole storyline, I believe, it's like Vicky Vicky's now with Dolph, and AJ's mad, something like that. Um, but one thing I just noticed, I always noticed that whatever the most, because there was a point where AJ was, I mean, super over. And 
I just always feel like Cena migrates to whoever is incredibly over in some way, shape, or form. Oh, of course. It goes there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next match, 3MB, 3MB takes on Ms. Alberto, and their mystery partner is the Brooklyn Brawler wearing New York Nets attire, to which yeah. nobody... I forgot about this, but I, yeah. I think a couple of people were appreciative. He wins with the Brooklyn Crab in a short amount of time. Oh, by the way, no joke. They in so Barclays Center in Brooklyn. This is, just goes to show, and he since has been released from WWE. Uh, the Barclays Center put up a poster of the Brooklyn Brawler with that crab on that night. Uh, they have posters of I'm up there with Cena, and like they have like different big matchups that have happened in that arena. Yeah. Or different artists who have played there, and they had the Brooklyn Brawler with the crab on in the brawl in the Brooklyn jersey. And um, Vince walked by one day, no joke, and saw it up there, and had them take it down. And it's never been back up. Holy since. shit! Really? Yep. Because Brawler was bragging about it. One like, and, and and Brawler's a real bragger. Yeah. And but like he he was honestly probably he's probably highlight. Yeah. One highlight for his career, and uh, and and like he. Nobody ever got mad at him for talking about himself because that's all he ever did <laughs> and all he ever did. But like he, we, like we all get it. Like it's, that was his moment and Vince took it away. Like if that, that's one thing to show how Vince is and it wasn't a rib. It wasn't take it down for the event. It took it down and they've never put it back up since. Jesus Christ. So if anybody at Barclays Center is listening to this, put that fucking Brooklyn Brawler fucking framed poster back up it belongs on the yeah, why not fuck so and the final the main event is uh Dolph versus um Vicky Guerrero uh, Vicky Guerrero excuse me Dolph <laughs> vodka's kicking in Dolph versus Cena in a ladder match for uh money in the back money in the bank contract um one yep. thing I did notice on this where I'm like holy shit I can't believe they approved this at some point Vicky Guerrero comes in and uh, and takes out um, Cena, I believe. And then AJ comes in and takes out Vicky. But instead of just taking her out quickly, she starts running the whole Cena comeback on Vicky, which I thought was... Wait, who who did this? <clears throat> so the spot is <clears throat> uh, Vicky comes in and takes out Cena somehow. I forget. Uh, I don't. Okay. I didn't pay attention. Somehow she. I don't know. if She pushed him. I don't. I don't blame yeah, you. So I just. I, I was fast forwarding. <laughs> so Vicky's. Yeah. I, when you say you watched the whole pay per view, I know you didn't watch it move. No, move. I watched like the first up to your match, and then I kind of like fast forwarded and tuned in here and there. So um, okay. somehow Vicky takes out John, and Vicky's standing in the ring, and then here comes AJ running in, who's going to be who's with Cena at the moment. And she slides in the ring and hits the ropes and gives a big shoulder tackle to Vicky, which is going to be tackle, tackle, duck the line, big side suplex, whatever, fist drop. And I'm like, yeah, why the fuck would they? They know Vicky can't bump. They know she's not going to be able to fucking feed on like three different things. And, and it's a mess. You know, it's like a complete bad idea. But I'm like, do they just do that to like fucking make themselves laugh? Like who would think that this would be? a good thing that she, one, she's going to remember yeah. or be able to take, you know, tackle, tackle, duck the line. And it, and it, it's um, complete, complete clusterfuck. I, I don't want to sidetrack because we're going to stay with this, but I actually noticed something today. Somebody, I don't know if it was uh shining wizards, Eddie, who always does an amazing job with our yes. podcast and uh, everything. Um, but 
somebody mentioned something about Dana Brooke messing up every spot she's ever involved mm-hmm. in. Did you see anything? Does she do? I don't know because I don't watch everything anymore. Does is she like known for like? Because I feel like I always remember the divas in the ring like going over everything well before everybody yeah. else. And I always feel like there's always more mess ups on that end. You know, I've I've and that's not being critical of that. It's just something I've always I've noticed. seen her when she first got brought up, when I saw her NXT vignettes and all all those videos about her, I was like, fuck, this girl must be the next Trish or like her level of skill must be even higher. Um and when I saw her work, I was like, Man, like they really against the grain, like just set her up for failure. But then seeing her on Raw, like it's just never a good fit. It just, I don't think she's ready. From what I've seen, I feel like it's just, it's not natural. It's, it's too it's early. It's too early. And I, and I, and I like her and I think she's a super nice girl, but it's, there's, there comes, you got to be in this for a certain period of time before you come yeah. up. So I don't and know. That, I saw that and I, I, from what I've seen, I agree with that. So, yeah. Yeah. So Vicky Guerrero almost kills herself fucking taking a bump and feed. And then, uh, she's not a wrestler though. Vicky's not, but uh, yeah, which is a street, exactly yeah. my point is like, why not just why put her in that position? One yeah. tackle. Because Vince wanted, Vince wanted to laugh and that's all okay. that is. So, uh, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Pow. Um, and they, uh, Dolph goes over cause AJ turns on Cena and that's the pay-per-view. Um, and goes with punk for the rest of her life. Yep. And, and, and. <laughs> They go to UFC and make millions of dollars. So yeah, no, that was my recap. So that's a little blast from the past. That took a while, but uh, that's fun. No, absolutely. I think let's take another quick little break right here, and we're gonna close the show okay. um, with some. Uh, I'm gonna give, do a few little quotes here and um, little tips, and we're gonna close with our uh, basic nutrition tips and uh, wrap it up with that. So let's go ahead and take a break right. right here. Hey, it's Pat Buck again, and I I'm gonna bug you again. Why haven't you signed up for Blue Apron yet? The Blue Apron gods have given you this opportunity to sign up for this amazing fresh ingredient service, and you haven't done it. Why not? They got a variety of recipes every single week. You can customize it so you don't get bored, or maybe you're allergic to something. You can avoid that. You can get delicious meals like salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli, vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes with crispy tortilla strips. If you don't like that, change it. They have other delicious stuff coming to you every single week. You won't even have to prepare for dinner. The box is there, fresh ingredients. Everything's beautifully placed together. Instructions so you can follow it. I went to four years of culinary school. I still have no idea what I'm doing, but I can do that with Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash conversations with an S. Three free... Uh, God, I almost made it through. <laughs> Three free weeks of meals with free shipping. Again, you'll love how good it feels, how it tastes. Blue Apron. Bloober.com backslash conversations, a better way to cook. Enjoy the rest of the show. And we're back again. Uh, we talked a lot about wrestling, but we want to get into other stuff aside from that. So Absolutely. turning it back, I think that uh, where do you want to go from here? We wanted to talk about more fitness stuff. Yeah. Because uh, Vodka's <laughs> hit me kind of hard. <laughs> I saw you poured another glass there. No, it's it's all right. That's what we do here in our you know, we, we're going to try to keep these between um, one to two hours. Every, and, and I always don't want to go too long, obviously, and whatnot. But I think this is very important every week to kind of not to be always wrestling-oriented um, mm-hmm. because we're more than just that. Um, I want to start this off with the fitness tip of the week. And today, I want to talk about incorporating 
three to five second holds into your final sets of weight training. And what I mean by that is um, it's more than just going through the motions, guys. It's when you're when you're working out, actually contracting and squeezing the muscle is, is such a powerful thing and it and it, it truly helps get, get results faster. And mm-hmm. what I like to do, and I don't do it with every set, but I like to do it on maybe my final three or four sets uh, occasionally is three to five second holds where I count one, two, three, four, five. And I'm just squeezing as hard as I can at the top of the contraction or at the end of the push or at the bottom of the pull, whatever the movement is. And just squeezing the muscle fibers as hard as you can and actually contracting them and really, really, really focusing in on the moment. It's, a, it's called a mind-muscle connection. And, it, and by doing that, you will train yourself to just not go through the motions. Because going through the motions does work. But you can get even more out of, out of each set in each rep if you do it properly like that. So just try that. Even doing that, your final one or two sets, it will make a difference. So give it a try. So you're saying, you know, if you're doing like upright rows or whatever, (coughs) pull it up, like actually flex, say your, your delts or your back or whatever it like, and and hold it that way. Yeah. So, so, so say I'm doing T-bar rows on a back machine and, or, or bent over rows with a barbell. And it's at the top of the contraction. I will hold, and you got. You might have to keep your weights at a certain level, but I will hold for three to five seconds and just squeeze the muscle fibers as hard as I can. And it will it will actually help you train the muscles that you're actually trying to work and and, and show you where they're at, rather okay. than just lifting. Sometimes you'll lift and not do the lift, contracting the muscle that you want to contract fully. By doing that, it forces those muscles to contract even harder. And it's wow. a great, it's a great tool. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try that. I don't know about that. That's great. Yeah, it's uh, and it, it's, it's not just for bodybuilders. It's actually will make you stronger doing that. So, uh, three to five second holds guys, your final three to four sets of, uh, your weight training sessions. Quote of the week this week is from one Babe Ruth, the great Bambino. And it's, <laughs> it's a poster I have hanging in my, in my, in my hallway. And it's, uh, you may have saw it when you were here, Buck. It's uh, never let the fear of striking out get in your way. And um, it's a quote that I, I hold very near and dear to my heart. And uh, it has done me a lot of good. And it's uh, don't be afraid to fuck up. Don't be afraid to miss. Don't be afraid to get laughed at. It's uh, don't be afraid to fail. You guys. Yeah, I'll, if I can jump in on that, yeah. um, I actually... Uh, my wife has career day at her school and I, I've gone to two different schools so far because they're just interested in the fact that I'm a wrestler, wrestling promoter. And, you know, I have a fun story to tell, but my whole big thing is that I tell the kids, I try to relate to the, the athletic kids where I try to tell them like, look like, um, or excuse me, the, the non-athletic kids in a way where okay. I was always the worst at, at sports in school, like from kindergarten through dare I say eighth grade, I sucked at baseball. I sucked at basketball. Um, when I started pro wrestling, I, I was fucking terrible. Like it's like be bad at it, but like keep going. Cause eventually you fucking get good at it or, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's okay to suck. Like, and I tell my students that too, at, at the wrestling school, I'm like, you're here to make mistakes. You're here to fuck up. I'm like, I want you guys, if you mess up, I don't give a shit as long as you don't fucking stop and you, show that you care and you, you keep going. So like, I think people stop doing things that they actually genuinely love because of just that fear of failure. So the fear of failure is one of the most powerful emotions, if not the most powerful emotion that stops people from doing 
what they they probably should you know want to do in their lives and uh anytime you guys living your lives doing going through your daily routines and there's something you want to do and that fear, fear of failure creeps into your mind just say to yourself don't be a little bitch i'm going to fucking <laughs> do this seriously and it it will and go do it because you will feel a million times better and it's something we have all from the highest person in this world to the lowest person have experienced. And um, it's cool. It's, emo- it's, it's an emotion. And, um, but fucking smash that shit. And uh, don't let that hold you back. Uh, the book of the week this week. And this kind of ties in with our Audible uh, promotion this week uh, that we had that you might have heard already. And yes, uh, audible, audibletrial.com backslash big guy. If you want to hear anything on that, sign up for that. That gives a little credit, cred. Uh, so audible audibletrial.com backslash big guy. Okay. And, uh, absolutely. And, uh, the book I told you, I was talking on my Snapchat today and I go through usually a book every, every one or two days I go through a new book and, um, it's just something that I, I've, I've gotten into a habit, you know, years ago and I love learning and I don't absorb all of it all the time. But I get it, I get something out of every book, and it's uh, it has truly made a difference in my life. So uh, don't be afraid to learn, guys, because you can learn about anything you want to learn in this life, and it's a great time to be alive right now. So that being said, the book of the week is Napoleon Hill's Keys to Success, and from that book, the one thing that I got, and the reason why I actually had read it years ago, but I re-downloaded it on Audi- on Audible um, because I wanted to listen to it again. Because Bob Backlund talks about PMA in his book. Um, and if you guys haven't read Bob Backlund's uh, book, go check it out. It is, it is well worth a read on, on old school wrestling and just a hell of a human being. And he talks about a positive mental attitude many times. And he gives his keys to success later on in his book, which I truly, truly um, appreciated. And uh, that's the one thing with Napoleon Hill. It's okay to be negative from time to time. And we're all going to be negative. But overall, try to keep a PMA, a positive mental attitude. So that is uh, the big guy's book of the week. All right. <clears throat> but uh, I wanted to end every, with it tonight. We, we get a lot of compliments on, on the, the stuff outside of wrestling. And, and sometimes we, we, we keep it a very basic level, but um, we're here to help everybody. And we're, we will evolve things as we go along. But I wanted, I wrote down 10 basic nutritional tips um, huh. that I think... Even if you take one or two of these things, and what I'm going to do too with these guys is uh, with the workout that we did last week with these, I'm going to put these up as blogs on uh, the feedmemore.com website. And uh, these are going to be up very shortly so that you can go back. And if you obviously you don't want to have to keep going back and rewinding and listening, that you could print it out off the website and uh, it'll be written down, which is a little easier to, to, to understand. So... Uh, without further ado, number one is uh, never mix your carbohydrate carbohydrates and your fats, which we have talked about yeah. uh, many times on this. And That's uh, changed the way I've ordered Moe's. I go there, and if I get like a nice whole wheat burrito, I'm not having any sour cream. Uh, do you avoid cheese, too, completely, or not? I take it out. Cheese, take it out is, right? cheese is very fattening at those places, yeah. I would so just yeah, put, I've, I'd put more salsa on it, to be honest, to get more flavor. Okay. I, I was trying to like cut it back a little bit, but I'm going to cut it out. But no, it makes perfect it'll, sense. It'll make a huge difference. I'm telling you, every every little bit counts. Baby steps, like I told you. What about Bob? 
Number two, outside of protein shakes or vegetable drinks, don't drink your calories. And we've talked about that <laughs> on the podcast. Obviously, the first time I heard that, man, for years, when you told me that, you're like, I don't fuck, I don't drink calories when we're living together. I'm like, I think since that day, anytime I went, because dude, I I didn't start drinking diet soda until I was 20. I probably met you when I was like 22 or 23. I probably started you on diet sodas actually, but not knowing yeah, you did because yeah, I, and I, I apologize. Fuck. No, I mean, but like I was drinking regular soda up till 2007, 2008. Um, you, I, I, you ate a lot of McDonald's, I remember, when I first met you. Oh, sure did. You, I remember you always had chicken nuggets, fries, and I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like, I, I was mind blown by that. Like, I was like, why? Like, it, it just, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I had no idea how to eat. Uh, it, <clears throat> it wasn't until, yeah, that so... Uh, but then after that, <laughs> I don't drink any fucking calories. It'll yeah. haunt you. It'll be in the back of your brain when you go to drink like something and it and it, you know, unless yeah. it's beer. Unless it's beer or wine. And that's like I and it's a little different, but like and I and like obviously drinking things like kale and celery and, and greens, that's a different I'm not talking about that, but like sure. I'm talking about empty calories, uh, essentially and uh, and whatnot. Number three, eliminate all aspartame and sucralose from your diet. Which okay. goes in so, um, which is just it's just poison, guys, and everything with Feed Me More Nutrition. We stay away from all of that, and it's just it's, I'm really really adamant about this. And uh, do a Google search, look online. There's a lot of books on the topic. Doctor Mercola has a lot of great articles about it. There's a lot of research on it. Aspartame and sucralose, things that are in a lot of diet products, a lot of other supplement companies, all the diet sodas out there. Stay mm -hmm. the fuck away from them, guys. They are poison. If you wake up tired and have trouble getting out of bed, there's a good chance it's from aspartame or sucralose. Number four, always read nutrition labels when you have access to them. Um, that's something that a lot of people are just very negligent about, and they don't really, they're just, they're, they're not educated about the topic at all, and um, read the nutrition labels. And, and, and if you say, well, how do I read them? I don't understand them. Never mix your carbohydrates and your fats. Go back to rule number one. Everything goes back to rule number one, guys. Hmm. It's like Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rule number five. Uh, this is something that I notice a really big difference with. Is buy a food scale for your home and weigh out things like cereal, pastas, and rice. Huh. Um, Amazon has food scales very at a very affordable price and it will be the best thing that you ever do because a lot of times, and I notice this on rice and pastas, it is really easy to overeat them and mm -hmm. you, you could eat a couple hundred grams of carbohydrates of rice and pasta if you don't measure it out. And it's, and, and you'll feel like that, like you're like, Oh, I felt like I ate a good portion and I'm good but you're actually just overloading your body with carbs at a time maybe that you don't want to do it. Wow. Um, so buy a food scale because, it, when, it, granted, when you're on the road and when you're not at home, it's harder. But what you will, you will learn about is you will actually get a really good eye for knowing what a certain measurement is. So you'll know when you weigh out maybe two portions of rice and then you go out to eat and order some rice. You'll see that when you get that portion, oh, wait, that's double what I normally eat. Okay. You'll, eat, you'll eat half of it and you'll know that you had close to what you normally would eat at home. It's very little. 
little things like this that make a big difference over time. No, it sounds I'm, I'm, I'm learning as we go. All right. What's next? Number six is the best time to consume higher amounts of sugar with low fat, of course, is upon waking up and after intense exercise, best when consumed with a fast acting protein, like something like ISO hungry, not a plug, mm-hmm. but like a, like a whey protein isolate that's really quickly digested. You don't want to be eating sugars uh, at, 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 at times like before bed and whatnot because it spikes your insulin and it stores those carbohydrates as fats easier and you want Mm -hmm. to avoid that um but when you wake up in the morning you're in a catabolic state your body is craving sugar when you wake up and not a lot but just enough and i'll usually have a little bit of i like to do like honey nut cheerios or frosted flakes Hmm. uh with uh the low fat low sugar almond milk just to get a little sugar, a little insulin spike when I wake up in the morning. And also another time is after you work out, like doing like a Gatorade with a, with a scoop or two of ISO hungry is the perfect time to do that. And, uh, but other than that, you want to avoid consuming high amounts of sugar, uh, throughout the day. So you think it's better after like a strenuous workout, whether it be cardio or, or weights or something, you do recommend doing something with a little bit of sugar in it. Yep, absolutely. Something like a grape juice or or a Gatorade, um, something with no fats and and like a protein, like iso hungry with a whey protein isolate sort of thing. Something that your body just sucks up and takes the nutrients because there's a 30 minute window after you work out where your body just absorbs everything in a positive way. And and, but you don't want to do a lot of fats or things while you do that. You want you want carbohydrates, sugars, and proteins to to simply. You want those quick sugars to restore your glycogen stores and you want the protein to be able to be consumed to do its job and to, and to mm. repair and rebuild muscle. So. so I haven't done, I've, I'll do a huge <clears throat> workout and I just have it. I just have the shake and I don't even, I'm going to do that now. Okay. Yeah. You don't need a lot. Honestly, 20 or 30 grams is, is more than enough of carbs and, and sugars. So okay. yeah, I, I like to do that. Small Gatorade is a perfect amount is what I like to tell people. Um, with, with one to two scoops of protein, depending on your, your daily caloric needs and all that. So mm-hmm. number seven is, uh, consume slow acting carbohydrates over fast acting carbohydrates whenever possible, minus after working out or waking up. And again, that kind of goes in with avoiding sugars is, is you got things like whole grain pasta with whole wheats, whole grain breads, uh, mm-hmm. sweet, sweet potatoes are another slow acting carbohydrate. Yam, better known as yams, things like that. You want to always consume those things for your carb sources rather than simple sugars whenever you can outside of after working out or when you wake up in the morning. Um, okay. Because they, it, it, when you consume sugars at a time when you don't need them, they spike your insulin levels, which makes it easier for your body to store fat and, and whatnot. And, and so I, and I, I got something number eight, which we're going to talk about, but just always try to have slow digesting carbohydrates, which are usually whole grains, whole wheats, and and, and not simple sugars, guys. Number eight, keep the mindset that food is fuel and energy and that you want to put the best fuel in your body every opportunity that you get. Just something that helped me years ago is just looking back and looking at food as, as energy because life is energy and life is, is what we put into our bodies. We get out of it. And when you look at your car or a machine, 
You want to put mm-hmm. the top quality gas into it at all times. You don't want to dump like Ernie McCracken and Kingpin. You don't want to yeah. dump. You don't want to dump sugar in your gas tank, right? Because <laughs> right. What, what does it do? It fucks it all up. Same thing with your body, essentially. So just try to keep that 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 food as fuel and, and get in in the energy that fuels human life. And with every meal that you put in your body, outside of a cheat meal or a night out drinking occasionally or whatnot, to, to live a little and have fun. Number nine is uh, be cautious of fruits. At the right times, like breakfast and after intense exercise or in limited amounts, it's okay. But for the most part, a lot of people think that just eating fruit whenever they want is okay. And yeah. It's not. You got it. Fruit is very high in sugar. So mm-hmm. outside of waking up and after an intense exercise uh, or workout or something of strenuous activity, you want to be very careful. And it's also really easy to overeat fruits. Um, so you can look it up online, uh, you know, on serving sizes and get a food scale and measure them out. This all ties into each other guys and, uh, be very cautious. I, outside of doing some, you know, taking a multivitamin and doing some greens, like a mm-hmm. Suha juice essentials from Costco, you don't need to be eating fruits all the time. So be careful because that stuff adds up really, really quickly. Hmm. And uh, number 10, my personal favorite, I know this is a favorite of uh, old uh, PBs, is uh, don't be a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the whole mindset of this show, yeah. And it's, it's, it, goes, it goes along with everything. And it's like, uh, uh, don't be a little bitch. And uh, I promise you, when you feel like you're becoming a bitch or a little bitch, just say to yourself, don't be a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> my a guy that I actually look up to and uh, respect and, and read a lot about is Grant Cardone, and uh, one he has bracelets for sale on Amazon. Um, you got to buy the whole pack, but it's well fucking worth it. And uh, he has a whole pack, or you can buy a Feed Me More bracelet on FeedMeMore.com to remind you not to be a little bitch. But he <laughs> he actually has Don't Be a Little Bitch on a bracelet, which I think is just fucking clever as fuck, and. Uh, I highly recommend getting because I wear mine, and uh, when I when I'm in days that I I got to remind myself not to be a little bitch because we all got to remind ourselves because life is meant to try to create to create us in circumstances to be a little bitches so don't be a little bitch guys. All right, that was great. But yeah, the those way- are the uh, basic nutritional tips from the big guy, and those are going to be up on feedmemore.com soon, guys. And I know if I got something out of that, I'm pretty sure people listening. Got something out of that. So why don't we wrap this show up? Uh, two, two hours, 20 minutes. That's, that's for the guy that hates me doing that. Um, <laughs> you can uh, follow me on all platforms. Buck never stops. And I'm at Twitter at Ryback22. Instagram, the big guy Ryback22. Snapchat, Ryback247, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. You have just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy. The period of civil war has ended. It's definitely an improvement and totally not a lateral move. Join Ambassador Plek Dexeter and his intrepid crew as they explore astounding new worlds, discover their heroic destinies, and meet weird bug creatures and stuff. This is Mission to Zix. Mission to Zix, an improvised science fiction podcast. That's CYXX, launching September 6th. 